Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 23rd of March 2014. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Robert Kemp. Yeah. And Zachary Burgess. He's nearly developed the power of speech over the last <laughs> yeah, few weeks. That was a word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sort of theme them with how I say the element, but... How you say the element is always just like... Oh. Yeah. Was it Something. nickel? It was nickel. Because he said it so fast. It's like, nickel. Nickel. <laughs> uh, nickel. Uh, nickel, papa. Nickel. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> nickel. Polonium. <laughs> polonium? <laughs> don't waste them. <laughs> no, don't think Wait, is polonium actually even an element? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure about that? No. Yes. Surely it is. What else could it be? And like an isotope or something of another That's, element. No. It's, it's about as real as No, because it's yet. polonium oh, 210, isn't it? That's the. So 210 is the isotope, isn't it? The one that they used to poison yes. that, that, that Russian guy in the sushi bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of because it's like it's like plutonium, only it's not. That's why it sounded weird because it's very similar. Unobtainium. We're wasting all this stuff. <laughs> Let's not talk about the table. <laughs> you can't start a podcast with unobtainium. <laughs> but it's in Avatar. <laughs> it's also in like the core of a bunch of other shit. Is it in the core? That's what the what the dumb vehicle is made out of. Coincidentally, where it's just like I was just I just happened to be building this ridiculous drill out of unobtainium, and now you need it. Oh, how convenient! <laughs> unobtainium has been a sci-fi cliche for years, though. That's just been the name for whatever the stuff oh. is. Like in, I didn't, um, re- didn't realise that was a common thing. Yeah, well, it's um obviously it was kind of a joke originally, but it, it, there were various things that you could label as unobtainium, like the stuff in Ringworld that they. Because he, he, Larry Niven wrote Ringworld, right, which was a ring that, like Halo, but it goes around the whole sun. Mm. So it's a lot bigger than Halo. Um, yes. But uh, somebody uh, in the physics department at MIT was like, this doesn't actually work because you need a material that was stronger than exists. And so for the next book, he was like, ah, oh, we've got this material. It's called Scrith. <laughs> <laughs> and it's super strong. <laughs> and so that's how it works. <laughs> So yes, that was the original unobtainium, I believe, and then various other sci-fi authors had uh, impossible materials which fall under the same banner. And then I guess Avatar was like, "I oh, will just call it the the dub name that everyone uses for these things." Oh, I I, I I thought I thought you meant it was actually called unobtainium and other things. I think it might it just be. being the trope name. Well, I think it has been before. Yeah, because I mean, obviously exactly the core comes before the Avatar, but I don't think. I'm pretty sure they probably were basing it off the core. <laughs> anything bases anything off the core, they're doing it wrong. Yeah, really. Oh, God. How long until so they're. Because <laughs> there, there must be Avatar sequels coming, like, right? Yeah, that, there is. That, there that is. film made more money than what, anything ever, right? What are you going to do? There's no I don't know. sequel. It's just like, what bullshit. It's going to be. Can't move for a story. Well, half the film relies on the sort of wonder of the imagery and like oh wow blue people and oh this is a pretty planet when you're not trying to be murdered yeah it's <laughs> gonna be disastrous so what are you gonna do it's just like I don't know. just the sightseeing video it'd be unlike cameron i don't know is it unlike cameron to make a bad sequel i can't I think know, of just, a sequel even... he's made well he makes sequels but to, to films that were made like didn't he do well he did terminator 2 right 
right? Oh yeah, true. Yeah, that was that was amazing. That's like the best action film I've ever seen. I think probably. Okay, so he has, uh, he has made good sequels in the past. So maybe we shouldn't rule him out just. And yet. that's right. And he made the sequel to to Alien, even though he didn't make the original, right? So is that right? He made Aliens, right? Is that him, Cameron? I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that was good. No, so maybe he. He's arguably better. He's arguably better at sequels than he is at. Yeah, he did do. No, he was the first Terminator. Oh, and T two, right? Yeah, I think he did both. But he was only and, the second. And, again, and Terminator three, so mm. and Rambo two. Oh no, wait, Rambo first blood part two. Is that what? That's oh, we did. That, is that just two? Is that actually just Rambo two, or is that actually a weird? Don't know actually. <laughs> Because Rambo is, a, I think Rambo is a bit of a weird chronology in like in its naming. Piranha Part Two, <laughs> clearly great. <laughs> Wait, so they've planned another four, like another uh, three Avatar films? Jesus Christ! Are they gonna like release and it's one, one a year as well? Yeah, one a year. Oh god, start starting <laughs> next year. Oh no! Oh wait, not next year. Two years from now. So okay. we've got a while. We got a reprieve. <laughs> you got a while to like wait. Prepare so yourself. It's taking them seven years to make the sequel, and then one year for each of the sequels of the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't sound good or likely. And another Terminator film, apparently. Really? Well, what was yeah, the last one? Wasn't that okay? Was that I can't oh no, no, no. What's going on with Terminator? I can't remember. They finished they- it, really, didn't they? <laughs> They made they that did, terrible they, one with with. They did the ending. Oh well, not really. I guess they didn't really destroy everything. They only got one bit of Skynet or whatever. He wasn't involved in that last Terminator film, though. Hmm. The one with um, Batman in it. That's the one I'm thinking of. That was I. I, I watched that. I don't know if I watched it with riff tracks or something, or but it was really boring. And rubbish. <laughs> I remember people saying to me that had went gone to see it that the action was was quite well done, but that there really wasn't much plot. Hmm. Then against Terminator film, is there really much plot in the grand know. scheme of a Terminator quite, film? Terminator Two is quite tightly plotted. I mean, there's not lots. It's a big chase sequence, really. But I mean, there's a lot going on with the, you know, there's exposition where he has to explain about Judgment Day and all of that stuff, hmm. and. Yeah, but then they tried to do a film that actually showed all that. That was a bad idea. Yeah, that was a really bad idea. Because <laughs> it's not it's not actually a very cool feature or anything. It's just like shitty resistance soldiers that can't actually fight any of the ridiculous robots. So when you, it's all about like sneaking into a facility and stuff. It's like it's just not very not a, not a cool feature to look at. It's just like a horrible blasted wasteland most of the time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> From what I remember, it was quite. Brown looking. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. Next gen filter. It's like if it's like the Matrix. Like when you actually see the bits that aren't in the Matrix, it's like this is not actually very cool to look at because you can't really see fuck all. <laughs> it's all no. very dark. Well, it's very dark underground. <laughs> well, no, I meant the above ground bits as well because of the sky. Oh, yeah, because they burnt the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so they Avatar. <laughs> At least there haven't been like hordes of freaking Avatar computer games. 
Well, there was one. You only do one per field. Yeah. So there's going to be only one? three more for Zoom. I didn't even remember. Was it there really was bad? There was one. It was painfully average. Yep. Naturally. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it was. No, it didn't. It didn't ever get like sort of like a particularly bad rap, but it wasn't. Yeah, you know, wasn't stand out in any way. It was a movie game. I was trying to remember if it was one of those games that people played for the achievements, but I think I'm thinking of King Kong, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I bet the early days that hard to the Avatar one either. <laughs> I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> It's probably no, a good thing. Played as the blue guy most of the time. Well, naturally, if not all the time. Jake Sully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do really like that film, though. Really? Yeah. It's like I find myself drawn into it whenever, like, it's all on on a screen. <laughs> wow, that's like the high phrase. If there's a thing <laughs> in front of me and I'm not doing anything else, I'll guess I'll watch it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I haven't really, other than watching, because the problem is with Avatar is that it doesn't quite, because I've watched it in how it's supposed to be in like cinema 3D and stuff, watching it anywhere else kind of doesn't feel the same. It yeah. doesn't quite have that same. It's still a very good looking film. And I think it's a very entertaining film, but it's got mechs in it. But. <laughs> I just always think of the hilarious because the the baddie is so like unsubtle, like the military dude who's like mm. with the crew cut and everything, and he's literally like, and they're blowing the shit out of the tr- the beautiful tree or whatever it is, and he's literally standing there with his three D coffee, <laughs> like drinking his three D yeah. coffee and going blow the fuck out of them. It's just really dumb. I don't know. There's, no, there's not much subtlety about that. <laughs> not that there needs to be subtle. I mean, it's not like Darth Vader is subtle, but he's a bit more memorable than like generic military dude who wants yeah. to kill the Native Americans. Then again, you've got Phoebe's brother playing, you know, whoever wants the shit done. They're like the real bad guy, I suppose. Military guy is just doing what he's told. True. Yes, but he's doing it in a, in a generically evil kind of way. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's not yeah. just following orders. He's just like... In, the, in that generically evil military yeah like he, like he enjoys doing shit that he knows to be bad a bit too much yeah even if he's been told to do it no regret anyway why are all lackeys in like second in commands in films are a bit like that aren't they it's like kill this guy with pleasure <laughs> Because normally the second... I enjoy being... Because in a lot of cases, the second in command guy is the actual evil guy. And he's like been been manipulating the actual leader all along. It's the classic cliche. Is it? Yeah. Where's that happen? It's not that common. It's, 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 the, it's the old Grand Vizier cliche. The Grand Vizier uh, is always... Oh, yeah, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, in, certain, in certain ones, we've you've got an obviously sinister-looking advisor yeah not not the lackey but well, the advisor well it's the same difference yeah the second in command to the actual dude like yeah, the, the second command in these films is often the one that's like out being the badass for the for the mastermind like Darth Vader he's the lackey isn't he technically yeah and he eventually <coughs> kills the big bad guy so eventually <laughs> Will and Defoe, yeah. It's always Will and Defoe in the end. He's the guy behind all, all the bad guys. It's actually um, the Green Goblin, after all. 
Oh man, are they putting the Green Goblin into the next? No, Spider-Man. They're, they're not. They're not doing that yet. Uh, who is it now, this it's time? Electro or something? I don't oh, know, actually know his name, but yeah, it is. is it Electro? It is. I think it's Electro. Yeah, I think mm. that is correct. Um, I still don't like the new films. Everyone, everyone well, says I'm wrong, one. but I just, I just, no, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> it was fine. It, it wasn't. You know, I don't know. I, I thought that the t- the, uh, the the last, the, you know, Spider-Man three was lame anyway. So, so yeah, true. Spider-Man 2 was awesome. Pretty Spider-Man awesome. 3 had its very funny moments, though. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the new ones, are, they're a little bit too, like... I don't like what they've done. Like, I don't like Peter Parker as, as a believable person, if you see what I mean. Like, I don't like the idea that he's this outcast, edgy skater kid who's also a ridiculous scientist. It's like, I don't think they needed the skater kid part. That's the unbelievable no. bit for me. It's like, yeah. no, he'd be quite popular, I'm sure. In some way, he does. He doesn't have the mannerisms of an antisocial person. He doesn't have no, the. It doesn't fit because, like, he yeah. isn't an outcast. Like, if you look like that and you were like a skater kid or whatever, I don't think you would be outcast. <laughs> You'd be like, dude. Because <laughs> that's obviously what that means. I quite well, like the that. skater gang he may be part of that we don't see. It's called the outcasts. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like his characterization. I think when they get past that, the way they portray him is fine. But then the rest of the film is let down by having the shittest of bad guys. Yeah, I had a that really. It's just terrible bad the guy. actual plot is terrible. Yeah, I, I just didn't get on with it at all. And it's like, no, it's really good. It's better than the Sam Raimi ones. And I'm like, fuck off. They were fun. Spider <laughs> Man Two was really funny. <laughs> I thought anyway, and I it, thought and all it, of them had were a really funny. good, I had a good bad guy as well in Doc yeah. Ock. Um, I thought all of them were pretty funny, in fairness, and you know, quite well made. Even though they apparently ran out of budget on the first one, hence why Green Goblin looked a bit cheap. Right, but... fair enough. Well, that was kind of the first of these superhero films, right? That have taken over. It was the pretty world. early, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, first of the new wave of comic yeah. book films. Well, yeah, things like um, Daredevil and stuff actually predate it, I think. Mm. But I don't think they were quite as successful as... Spider-Man kind of kicked off the whole crazy thing, a money-making machine of, of yeah. comic book films. Where previously you did have comic book films. You had Batman films and Superman films, but it wasn't like this <coughs> ma- massive thing where you have to make every, everything and then have them team up and shit. <laughs> mm. Yes, but then again, you can't hold Spider-Man as part of that because of Sony. You know, it may have started it off, but they wouldn't. They can't do the team up thing. That's true. They can't have Spider-Man in the Avengers. Yeah. Although I did He's... hear that, like, apparently Sony and Marvel were trying to come, or, or Disney or whatever, were trying to come to some agreement to get Spider-Man into the Avengers. Right. Presumably for lots of money. Yes. Because he is in the Avengers, right? Spider-Man, I assume. Yeah, he I must think be. so. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, they should do the Justice League. That would be hilarious. With like, um, presumably that's where the like Batman versus Superman thing is sort of headed. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what like, about the Wonder Twins? Jan Zona. They've announced that it's the end. The end of this movie <laughs> section of this podcast. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's the movie section. 
And now time for the computer game. I just section. see the new Terry Gilliam film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Zero Theorem. Oh, yeah. Don't see it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've, seen the, I've seen the adverts for it, and I was like, it's just... See, the, the trailer makes it look like it could be a pretty interesting and quirky film. Like, some of Terry Gilliam's stuff is. Like, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus is weird, but kind of fun to watch. Um, 12 Monkeys is a fantastic film. 12 Monkeys um, is awesome. Brazil is pretty awesome, too. Uh, yeah, Brazil's kind of cool, but it's weird enough. This is like the bad bits of Brazil all the right. way through. Like, just nonsensical plot doesn't make any sense at any point. And you're just kind of left... It's not actually very funny or particularly interesting after a while. It's just... And it's a shame because it's actually... All the all the performances are pretty good. Like, it's got... Um, is it Christoph Waltz? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. The guy um, from... Uh, all the Tarantino films. Yes. Um, who's awesome. Um, you know, he plays the lead and he's pretty good at it, but it's just, there's nothing to act in a way. <laughs> yeah. Don't go see it. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> okay, good. News time. News. What's going on in the world of video games? Mike Witten left Microsoft. Oh, yeah. He was like one of the sort of smiley faces who would often get on stage to talk about the techie side of Xbox um, or the slightly techier side of Xbox. I think he's the guy that was like, hey, it, like Xbox Live runs on this many servers now. Um, wow. So servers. <laughs> very compute. M many clouds. <laughs> but he's been there since the start. Um, so it's a, like, like Jack Tretton, I suppose. It's another high profile departure. From um, the video game overlords, <laughs> the overlords, <laughs> the overlords of gaming. Like, yeah, Microsoft and Sony kind of are. Sure, fair enough. Mm, interesting. Okay, I don't know what that I means don't... for gaming nope. or for anyway. Xbox or for anything really, other than he won't be on stage again, at least on the Microsoft stage. Probably be on some nah. other stage. I forget who he went to. That was that was announced as well. I think where he was going, but I can't remember. It wasn't very interesting. News. News. <laughs> so GDC happened. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think it was a very interesting GDC this year. Okay. I mean, I but, don't know, you know. know what the because the deal with the GDC is like, like. Well, Sometimes it's not really for us. No, it? it's yeah. not for journos and it's not for us. It's for it's for devs. And which is cool. And it's cool when they do like post mortems and stuff. But like sometimes there is news from GDC and it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, like sometimes what? there's some super awesome tech demos and things like that. Like uh, even I forget if it was last year or the year before, we had the um the Quantic Dream awesome Thing. tech demo, yeah, with the robot lady. Um which was pretty cool. I really liked that. That was like, oh man, if you can pull this off on a PS3, which they sort of can in Beyond, it's uh, well done. <laughs> well, well done. Whereas this time, Beyond I suppose we got... Better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't actually been playing any more of that, so we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but, you know, I guess I guess the, the DX12 news kind of counts. You know, they've been showing Forza running on a PC... Yeah, with DX12. Um, yeah, it's and kind of. We've had to caveat that as look, we're just doing this as a tech demo. We're not releasing Forza on PC, and everyone's like, "You bastards!" 
But it's kind of like they're they're doing a similar thing with the X12 as as uh, AMD are doing with Mantle, right? So it's like, oh, we're doing it too. The, the like the equivalent kind of performance gains from the same kind of approach. That's yeah. what I took from it. So it's like, well, okay, so I, there's no real advantage to Mantle anymore because the new DirectX yeah. will be. And apparently, it's all coming to Xbox One. Apparently, because you know, it, it's no secret anymore that Xbox One, in theory, but I say in theory. Ignore that bit. Xbox One launched earlier than it was, than it should have, um, even by Microsoft's page. Like the the current thinking is, is that they saw Sony's announcement about when it was coming out and were like, "Fuck, we've got to do that too." Oh right, um, okay. Or they or they knew about it somehow, and so everyone planned. And so the Xbox One technically isn't ready and still isn't ready <laughs> by their original plan, which explains a lot because DX12 yeah. was supposed to go into it, right? Um, And it will still go into it. So, but there's a question as like whether that will affect like games that have already been made. Like, will the DX12 update to the Xbone make Titanfall run better, or um, will existing games? They'll probably existing games will probably have to patch in a DX12 mode. But how difficult is that to do? Um, yeah, it depends how different the API is, I guess. But I mean, maybe you can just um, yeah, you know, maybe you'll just compile. get some. Yeah. Oh, but exactly. yeah, that's the. I suppose the compilation is a problem. But I don't know how that works. Like, you know, some games allow give you, like, oh, you can render in DX9 or DX11 or whatever. But then some games have, yeah, well, but we've got an OpenGL renderer as well. Like, how difficult is that to patch in? I don't know. But... Still, good news yeah. for everyone, probably. So, it I means think... it could be, like, if people have been slightly put off by Xbone's graphical performance, maybe this will bring it up to par with PS4. Maybe, you know. Possibly. You've still got the issue that PS4 is technically slightly more powerful in terms of the silicon, right? So, so. Sure, but it should only be slight, and this is the thing. And thus far, right. it hasn't really seemed to, seemed to be slight. That's so true. Maybe DX11 is the problem. Hmm. It's hard to tell. Could be, could be. Hard to see. know. I, what one can hope. <laughs> cool. I was thinking uh, about what? that. I still think I made the right call buying an X-Bone over a PS4. Because there's just not been anything I'm interested in in PS4. Like the only thing that's sort of come out is like that new Infamous game, which yeah, I think I think is getting pretty good reception. But you know, I didn't wasn't overly taken by the first Infamous game. But then again, that was an early PS3 game. Whereas on Xbone, you've got Titanfall, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> right. Titanfall, Forza's been good. And Forza. Forza's Zombies is good. Yeah, that's true. Killer Instinct's been good. I guess the caveat to that is that, like, arguably, all the third-party stuff seems to be running a bit better on the PS4. So if you care about that, then... Yeah, if you care about Black Flag, fine. Yeah. I don't think there's much else of a reason <laughs> yeah, other than Black exactly. Flag. Man, I want to play that. I'm going to get that on PC at some point once I get a graphics card going. But, but uh, yeah, and I'm kind of interested in the Metal Gear game, but, I mean, that's super short, right, the new one? Yeah, um, apparently you can, like, mainline it in somewhere between two to three hours. Yeah, and um, you can play that on Xbox, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it but just the, the, Kojima released that interesting thing, didn't he, where they, they didn't put out a flashy trailer this time. They just did that. They put out a graphics comparison. Like, here's what all the four versions look like. Um, cool. 
which is interesting and you know highlighting why they are different and what the and why the ps4 version is the one to get that kind of stuff and it's a uh, it was just interesting them being the developer like being upfront about it sort of like look look this is the one this is the one we think is the best version um because that stuff doesn't normally happen, does it? It's not like you see EA coming out and saying, oh, yeah, you want to get this one. Well, it's just because no one paid them. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's no longer PlayStation exclusives, they're just like, no loyalties. <laughs> we'll just say, say the, the actual truth. No, but you know... No one's paying us to keep quiet. <laughs> but do you think they're going to like say, like when the 360 version of Titanfall finally comes out, that like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's fine. All the versions are the same, yeah. Probably. <laughs> They don't. They don't sort of say no, no. Although we've made a 360 version, you really want the Expo one. They sort of do that by not being explicit. Well, that's, I doubt they're going to say anything about it. They're probably just going to release it. Yeah, exactly. But I just you know, that I just be, found... that, that's what Microsoft paid for. They yeah. don't want them to say anything. But it's just like we'd like this to sell on both versions as much as possible. Yeah, I just <laughs> find it interesting that you know it is interesting that Kojima came out and did that as. It's just unheard of, really. Hmm. Although I'm singling out Kojima here, that might not have been his decision, but you know. Well, he pretty much runs the show, though, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he, is he head of Konami now? Or, or is he pretty high? He must be pretty high up. But... Hmm. but yeah, people said, you know, it's pretty great. And there's about as much, if not more, side content if you want to break out. You know, if the main line doesn't grab you, there's quite a lot of other like stealth challenges and stuff to do on the on the more sandboxy environment. I quite like I, just changed... like, I like the idea of it. The like one base game, as long as it's not full price, which it isn't. Uh, no, and okay. they did they did reduce what they said they were going to price it as at least in American markets, like at the the eleventh hour. Before yep. it came out, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, we are going to make it so the like the next gen version isn't actually that much more expensive. That's cool. You don't want to be after you spent all that money on a console. You don't want to be paying over the odds for short games. No, but it does. It you know, I think it's enough to get people perhaps excited about what they. That what we can expect from Metal Gear Five when that exactly out, it's interesting uh, to see end if, of next year I think it is yeah I mean is this the gameplay like like is this how it's going to play I would Five? imagine they're using it sort of as a test case as in this is right. the the best they've come up with thus far that's cool and that maybe they maybe they've made this you know as a sort of very large beta that yeah they want money for <laughs> I guess that makes sense. It's kind of like, like I was saying on Giant Bomb, it's kind of like the Gran Turismo prologue sort of situation. Yeah. See, I've never understood the prologue thing either, but, you it's, know. It's weird. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it made sense maybe if it was the first version on a console, on a new console maybe for prologue, for people who are like, oh, I really just want to see what it's like on PS3 or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's then, the situation here, right? Because this is... Yeah. I want to see what Metal Gear looks like on PS4. Yeah. Come on. And it even plays pretty good. It's just, mm. there's not much of it. They said some weird stuff in that comparison, though. Like, apparently, like, the PS4, when you look at the four shots side by side, the sky on the PS4 one looks pretty empty um, compared to the other ones, which have, like, a cloud box. 
And you're mm. just and apparently that's because they're simulating some form of atmosphere. And it's like, wait, what? Okay. A bit much. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on like how the atmosphere affects light or something. I mean, it's got different weather conditions, right? So well, it's the, well, they separate it out into like the rainy stages for the main story, and everything else happens in the day. Yeah, so it's like they've segregated it that way. Makes sense. But yeah, actually looks all right. But I'm not sure I'm that interested, you know, because it's stealth. Yeah. This doesn't have this apparently doesn't have the same level of. Metal Gear craziness that they normally have. No 40 minute cutscenes. You know. <laughs> Damn it. Just the reason why I play those games. <laughs> For all the dumb cutscenes and insane, ridiculous story where it's like half like realistic modern military and half totally insane anime nonsense. Because <laughs> apparently this does have a storytelling problem in that, you know, there's like an 11 page like uh, text thing you have to read in order to understand some of the story from the Peace Walker uh, for Metal Gear Peace Walker which is apparently the predecessor to this one right in, in, in whatever canon they go by and it's uh, so like some of the plot you would you just really won't understand unless you played Peace Walker even with that 11 page text blimey <laughs> so that's kind of weird pages yeah. okay but apparently you can hear Brandon Jones from game trailers just read it to you if you don't like reading like <laughs> they well, got press their, a button and have them yeah they got their voiceover well not in the game but they got like the GT did a special video of it and it's like yeah you don't like to read we, we have Brandon Jones read it for you <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb for all those gamers that just can't stand reading <laughs> I don't know you might make it slightly more palatable like maybe a dramatic maybe. reading rather than just a wall of text True, true, fair enough. Hmm. It's like the intro to Star Fox. <laughs> Corneria. It wasn't that long. No, it wasn't very long, but <laughs> it's better with a voice. So what else is going on? Uh, was there any other GDC news? Uh, Morpheus VR. There? Yeah, Morpheus VR, and, and the, also there's a new dev kit for Oculus, right? Uh, that was there. I didn't... Yeah, there's a V2 dev kit, which is like based off the Crystal Cove prototype, but actually a proper dev kit to send out to people. All right, so these are like what the 1080 ones or the ones? Yeah, with the, are these the ones with the positional dots? They on have the, front, the positional or? dots, but but they've kind of hidden the dots behind like translucent. So you can't actually see the dots. All right, they're not uh, so but they're white. there. Yeah, exactly. So mm. it doesn't look so weird. Uh, but it works. It has the same head tracking with the camera and stuff. I think it's slightly better performance than the uh, Crystal Cove and obviously better than the V1 because it's got that, um, what's it called, um, low persistence thing that was in oh, the, um, the thing you were trying to explain before. Yeah, where it doesn't show the image for as long on the screen. So there's like actually large parts where the screen is totally blank, but that helps with a lot with the blurriness when you move your head to only see the image when it's exactly it's weird. the right Wouldn't time. that just be really... You don't notice it, though, apparently. Yeah. Because it'd be fast enough 
They must have a hella fast refresh rate on that screen. Yeah, well, it's like, like if you drop one frame on a sixty, if you drop one frame on out of sixty, you'd probably notice it. Yeah, well, um, John Carmack was on because, of course, he works for them now, and he was popping up on the little as a talking head on their like video for introducing this thing, and he was saying that well, he originally thought that you just, all we have to do is get to one hundred and twenty hertz and we're done because that will sort it, but mm. and they're not there yet with the displays. But that he was saying it was actually Valve's research that 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 pointed it that made them realize how important this low persistence thing is and how much of a benefit it gives. So even though mm. they have a lower refresh rate, the fact that they're doing this thing makes it work a lot better. That's what he was saying. Yeah. It was I don't know. Yeah, but I don't John know. It's Carmack a weird one. I, I, yeah, I, you know, if Carmack says it, maybe it's true. But it's like I I, I just find the concept of it like perhaps flickering to black kind of hard to believe unless they've got like a, a problem with the actual, as you say, the blurriness of the screen, like, you know, this, there is screen persistence on a screen that small that they're struggling with. So when the, the black happens, you actually see the, you know, the, the, the lights don't turn off fast enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd think they'd have all kinds of issues with that. Cause you can't, I wouldn't have thought that, mobile phone screens which is presumably what they use which is what they use right are like you wouldn't think they care about that too much like the people making those screens no i mean even the ones that like shout about being high refresh rate mobile screens like apparently my lumia has they still have noticeable trails yeah exactly yeah actually in fact the lumia's probably isn't actually that good (laughs) you put it next to an iphone and they were sort of shouting about it at one point (laughs) I think the iPads is better. But yes, the Morpheus is the Sony one, right? Yeah. And apparently it's Which on just it's roughly on kind par. of the same but with but with blue neon. Well, it kind of looks cooler as a thing. <laughs> doesn't it? It looks like crazy. It depends though. Can they get the like all of the, the vision filling angle with with that thing? Because presumably it must, it doesn't look quite so bulky. So do they have like a smaller screen and smaller lenses? And then does that have the same effect as? Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, people seem to be impressed by it. I mean, you can't really comment on it until you've tried it. Really, that's the trouble with these things. No. But yeah, I guess that's one way of targeting PS4 anyway with something. Because you know, Oculus were sort of cagey about whether it would work. The thing about the Morpheus stuff, though, is, is it's probably a recipe for disaster in some aspects because some of the stuff they've been showing is that they made the natural connection of combining it with a move controller. Um, and we know the move controllers to be pretty accurate. Um, so in theory, you could like map your hands into the world and they could render them so you can see your hands and stuff. If yeah, totally, yeah. Which is cool. Except if they expect you to be wearing this doing motion control, standing up in your living room. How many injuries <laughs> did they expect? Well, yeah, but well, well, it seems because like... Because you can't see where you are. You'll be like walking into a coffee table or tripping over the couch. Well, I don't or... think you're walking. Is You'll have idea. to be sitting. You'll have to be sitting. But I think yeah, they showed sitting. stuff with people standing. But Yeah, but that, that's right. like a trade show. if you're standing, you could sort standing. of like, you know, adjust your stance and you'll be moving a bit and it's... Like, the console would have to be like, okay, can you define your safe zone, please? If you start getting close to the edges of this, I'll warn you. Well, that <laughs> wouldn't be that hard. No, no, but I'm saying they'll, they'll have to think about these things. 
the whole thing's kind of ridiculous. It always was. <laughs> the fact that it's <laughs> well, getting yeah. so that it actually works doesn't make it any less sort of inherently weird. Yeah. Still very but interesting. Cool. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's good that Sony are throwing their kind of R&D weight behind. Because I think Microsoft probably are. They're not ready to talk about it. But I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in that no, building I, in Cambridge there weren't a ton of people working on it. I don't know if they if it was official or not, but there's been some news floating around that Microsoft are working on something. But whether that's just rumor or whether someone at Microsoft actually said it, no idea. You Did we talk about anti-kernel last time? No. Um, I can't remember. Um, no, what's up? Uh, anti-kernel is this... Like, no, it's not the kernel of Windows. Um, I'm not talking about the same thing here. Um, Anti-Kernel Sounds like is this it, it? forum. <laughs> yeah, I know. He sort of made his name like that. But it's, it's this guy that on some forum, I think on Gaff. Oh, is he called um, himself after the kernel of Windows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's, like, it's, 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 it's the easiest way of pronouncing that combination of letters okay. <laughs> that he had. Um, he, a while back now, like a few months ago, posted like a ton of stuff that, Nin- uh, not Nintendo, that Microsoft was supposedly doing. Like, he posted pictures of a Titanfall-styled Xbox One, and he came up with a load of games that are probably going to be that are unannounced but probably going to release in the next couple of years that are directly connected to Microsoft Game Studios. Um, all kinds of stuff. Um, and everyone was just like, yeah, sure, whatever, mate. But then the Titanfall Xbox turned up. Um, okay. Someone at Respawn tweeted a picture of it, because apparently it never went into production. Um, and it's just like, here's what the Titanfall Xbox One looked like. And it is exactly the same as what NT Kernel posted several months prior. So this has started to raise the eyebrow of people saying, hang on, if that's true, what else did he say stacks up? Um, so some of the things he talked about was, okay, there's a Platinum Games exclusive coming to Xbone. Um that's about as far as that went. There's a new Forza Horizon game in the works, which I think everyone sort of expected. Um, okay. But the other sort of interesting stuff is that Halo 5 isn't going to come out this year. It's going to come out next year. Um, there's going to be a Halo 2 anniversary edition come out this year. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Is it going to be the same? Well, I guess you don't know, but same deal. No, no one knows. It's the, yeah. the, uh, well, is it going nice. to be designed for 360 or Xbone? You know, yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah. And uh, also that there's plans to port Halo 3 and Halo 4 up to Xbone at some point. Okay. Um, there was a ton of other stuff, but that's the stuff that like, sort of stood out to me anyway. You know, because it's Halo. That's it's kind like, of crazy. Is any of this true? We don't know, but he's mm. been right before. Interesting. Well, it's good to hear these things, you know. Re- you know, because it makes you think and speculate even if it's just speculation it's like oh, well yeah uh, you know the, the, the probably the most likely theory that this is a controlled leak and microsoft are trying it in an attempt to sort of get viral news out there before like e3 or something and uh oh crap e3 is coming up isn't it i hadn't even thought of that it's well, a couple mate, of months away yeah, yeah a couple of months crime crimedy it's because last <laughs> e3 was the big one with the new consoles so yeah so this, well, this one, one is be... this one's still kind of big because in theory we'll actually hear about games that we'll be interested in. Yeah, that kind of matters. <laughs> it's dumb that you have to wait a whole year for like 
It's like, here's the yeah. consoles. Okay, here's the games, maybe. <laughs> Woo. I wonder if the whole Xbox not being ready thing is why Microsoft focused so heavily on telly in their first reveal. Do you think? I don't know. They, they, they did. They've always been suspected of, you know, wanting to quote unquote own the living room and all that crap. Well, true. So, yeah. so, uh, that's, I mean, it was never going to happen. I don't think. I don't know if they've, how much they've pulled it off. I mean, certainly not in, I mean, well, they haven't you, yet. I mean, you, DLNA is watch... such a, such a feature that they need to put in there for that to work, you know, for it to work in a lot of people's setups that got used to how PS3 worked and how Xbox 360 worked. Yeah. Like oh. I, I oh sorry, get your phone call. Need to stop that. How do I? Uh, oh, there we go. Sorted. Carry on. You put your phone on silent. Does the alarm still? It wasn't sound? my. It wasn't my phone. It was uh, my uh, Skype. Oh, landline. Oh, Skype. Yeah. Good, good, good. What, what? Good, Well, how you stop that? Is just quit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Skype can be a bit funny. Like on my work PC, if I like, if someone rings me, but it's the first thing that's happened in the day, if I even if I accept the call or even if I decline it, that ringtone will be playing for about a minute afterwards, and then it will sort of catch up. <laughs> oh yeah, you click something. Guy. But yeah, maybe by summer that means that the uh, Xbone will be where 360 was. <laughs> It's depressing to say. Well, but then, uh, but then PS4 doesn't have that stuff yet either. So no, exactly. So it should be a good one. Uh, so yeah, that's all, that's all I've really got for GDC. Really, like, wasn't great. Oh, oh unless you, the UE demo stuff happened. Yeah. Well, what's going on with you? Uh, so Unreal has changed their licensing model, right? So that you can like anyone can like. They're open sourcing it to some extent, and then you have to, um, you you well, pay like a percent. UE four, or is this like I think UE3 so. Three going end of life. No, no, I think I think they have a new plan where you pay, you license it, and you pay them a percentage of revenue or whatever. But they just provide the whole. Account oh, I see. It. So it's actually not it doesn't cost you anything to get up and running in UE. Exactly, that's the idea. So it's like uh, it's better than because you used to have the. Uh, a different scheme, like the the Unreal Development Kit or something, which mm-hmm. wasn't the full thing or something. I can't remember. Anyway, I, d- I haven't obviously tried to make a game with the Unreal Engine, but apparently this is quite exciting from a de- kind of development standpoint. I guess it, so. I so think, they're literally I think that putting puts it on a parity with Unity to some degree, because I think Unity only like requires cash if you actually start to sell things. Yeah, but the, I was talking to Ben Parbury. Uh, on Friday, and he was saying that Unity need to cut their prices. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh. So I found that quite interesting because he works Unity with was the. the go-to. Yeah, me too. Uh, for, for like cheap development, anyway. Yeah, because he's thinking of you know starting his own, making his own games and stuff. You know, because he works mm. with the CryEngine all day, and I think he's a bit bored of uh, FPSs. <laughs> 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 so there you go. Aren't we all? Maybe not. <laughs> Not with Titanfall out. <laughs> never. Anyway, never. I have so many shooters to catch up on. <laughs> I hope I don't get too bored of them. <laughs> well, what have you got in your backlog shooters wise? Uh, Far Cry Three and Crisis oh, Two. Far Cry Three is good. Yeah. Crisis Two, I want to tackle from a technical perspective. 
Because um, as much as I didn't really get on with Crisis and Crisis Warhead, it's like two is a different game and it's hella pretty. Isn't. Even though three's out. Yeah, three's out, right. But it's probably not too different to two in terms of tech, I wouldn't have thought. No, I don't think so. You have the bow. You do have the bow. It's all about and bows. And then there's Blood Dragon 2, which I haven't played either. Because, you know, Blood Dragon. Oh, yeah, I got you that, didn't I? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that would be nice and short. You could probably play that, whereas Far Cry, the full-blown Far Cry 3 would be a bit longer, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. All those to do at some point. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't really have much else in the way of news, I'm afraid. Not that else really happened. I don't think there's that much going on. Was it, what, does, what does Zach think of the new Yoshi's Island game? Poop. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were, everyone seems to be in, in unison on this That graphic style just doesn't look right, does no, it? Really? No. I don't know what they thought, what they, thought they were doing. Because it's not even... <laughs> I don't think it's even as good as the one they put out on N64. That was poop as well. Because that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of a poop direction as well. <laughs> they don't understand what they actually were trying to do. What is the direction of poop? <laughs> it's a poop direction. Down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'd hope so. <laughs> you shouldn't try to poop when you're upside down. That's... And uh... I don't know, it's just like that art style. <laughs> just, just like, seems like it just makes the game slow. Because like the original Yoshi story wasn't slow in... Well, I mean, it was slow in some parts, but, it, you know, it was you could go fast. And it doesn't... For some reason, that art style just doesn't seem to mesh with the idea of going fast. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought Yoshi's Island was a slightly more methodical game, but even, well, even by Mario standards. Sometimes, but sometimes it wasn't. It still had Mario speedy bits, I mm. guess. You just had to run. Because I didn't... Like... The conversation came up again about how the egg throwing works. Yeah. Because it's like, it has the old system back, which I never necessarily had too much of a problem with. No. Sort of. But it's why haven't they sort of come up with some means of like having a more direct aiming, like maybe. You, like what? I don't know, use a touch screen or. Yeah, but you can't because you're trying to push all these buttons at the same time. Yeah, I guess. But then they have this other mode on the DS, which where you can you, you can tilt it to do your aim. <sighs> Literally the worst control scheme ever. <laughs> yeah, probably not great. Because that was the. Other like thing. if you went like, into egg mode, would it be easier just to be able to aim it with up and down while you're in egg mode? Because you can't move while in. Yeah, you can. Well, oh, can you? In the old game, you can. Ah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I forgot. It's very important. Could, ah, all right. In fact, because you had to. Oh, you know, I remember you do because you, because you could lock where the aim was. Perhaps then moving. To... Well, you could move as well, even while it wasn't locked, if you wanted <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard. <laughs> So anyway, I guess that came out. No one cares. No. no. What exactly was wrong with the crayon style that they had to think like twice that that wasn't good enough? Well, it wasn't a crayon style, really. That was the thing. It's like they tried to make it more like crayon, only too far. It's like it had nice black borders and shit in the original. Yeah. And now they got rid of that in Yoshi's Story, and then they kept getting well, rid of that in this one. Yoshi's Story was a weird one, wasn't it? Because it sort of had like it was almost paper craft in some ways. Mm. 
but apart from the model, like the characters, which was looked like like I don't know Donkey Kong country style, like three D models in a sprite. Yeah, it's just weird. It doesn't gel. So fuck it. <laughs> and Mario still cries in the same way. Well, it's never going to come down in price, so we don't, we don't care. That's the trouble. It's like if it went down in price, then I might bother. It's not gonna ever. No, these games it's don't. A Mario game. Are you annoyed with that yet? It's not nearly as annoying as it should be to actually represent how annoying it was. <laughs> Are you saying like it should? That particular feature <laughs> in the game has been made slightly better because it's less annoying than how it originally was. No, it's not as annoying. Oh, okay, yeah. There's not enough echo on it, but that but it had a slight it had a slight delay on the sound. It's like where, <laughs> maybe. It was like a baby was shouting into a microphone at a rock concert. You know that kind of like slight delay. <laughs> People call Do them rock guys... concerts anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what else would you call them? Gigs. Gigs. Yes. All the cool kids say anyway. <laughs> you guys liked Yoshi's Island, kind of. That yeah, was. I like it. I didn't play it as much. I, you know, I never played it very far into it, but I liked what I played. But, but Zach, you played it quite a bit, didn't you? Was is that like your favorite Mario game? Like technically a Mario game. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I Maybe. love the styling. I love what they did with the SNES hardware at the time, like the use of Mode 7 to make some of those interesting bosses and yeah, slightly, that was cool. nicer, slightly nicer animation for some Yeah, it things. was pretty cool. Because that was, apparently it was kind of a reaction to what uh, what Rare did with Donkey Kong. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like Nintendo going, you know, Nintendo. Oh, Japan shit, we need to be on shit. top. Yeah, exactly. We can't, let, we can't let Rare get away with this. Yeah, pretty much. It wasn't even the same. It's not exactly like Nintendo stole the idea. It's like it's not the same style or anything. No, it's not like you know, no. It was just the fact that the graphics of Donkey Kong were quite advanced compared to yeah. Other. It was kind of groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, but I think I'd you know I prefer Yoshi's Island graphics to those Donkey Kong ones. Looks a bit look a bit odd now uh, with the way the sprites. Do mm. you, you know what I mean about that certain style? Of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's dropping like, these almost too weirdly real sprites into. It's, it's, yeah, it's because you, it's because you know it doesn't fit. You know, a two D yeah. game with three D esque looking or overly three D esque looking things just has never looked quite right. Because you, yeah, it's it's the point of like determining where the edge of something is in the game world is always different from how the sprite looks in those. Yeah, exactly. In those renderings, because you know they have depth, and depth is weird. Which is a problem you don't have when you play like the modern Donkey Kong countries where it's all rendered in all consistent style. And I you know, the actual style of the newer games is it's pretty clean cut compared to, you know, they didn't go the ultra realistic route with pre rendered graphics. Like That's true. Can you imagine what that would even look like if someone tried that now? What for Oh like wait, Yoshi? that's Yoshi's Island. <laughs> pre rendered Yoshi. <laughs> it's not really though at all. It's like the Yoshi Island one at least tries to have a style on top of their like pre-rendered ishness, whereas the Donkey Kong one was just like 
was like the videos in Worms One, where it's just like this is just this is as good as we can output, which makes it look weird because it's not, it doesn't look like anything; it just looks like a three D model. Yeah. Wait, which one was which? Because one was Yoshi's Island and one was Yoshi's Story. Yoshi's Story was the sixty four one. Is it? That's that way around. Okay. Yeah. And they called this one Yoshi's Island Two. Yeah. Right. Obviously. And Yoshi's Island was supposed to be Super Mario World Two. Apparently, it, well, uh, yeah, it is technically a Super Mario World Two colon Yoshi's Island. Yeah, not as good as Super Mario World though. God damn it, that game's awesome. That might be my favourite Mario, two um, D Mario. Again, another one I've not really ever got very far with. Because I, I recommend like that, that one. Forest of Mystery or whatever the shit is, where you have to try and find your way out. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fuck that. <laughs> it had booze and shit. <laughs> Forest of Illusion. And it had Yoshi. Yeah, that's true. It, it what, introduced Yoshi? I think so, yeah. That was cool. Unless Yoshi's cookie came first, I don't know. <laughs> news? Uh, no, I think everyone have news. <laughs> We might have to move on to what you've been playing. Who should we start with? You? Me? It's probably a good uh, idea. For a change. Oh. No, oh, I haven't got anything. Obviously, Dan hasn't played anything. No. <laughs> that won't work. No. Uh, so you're on a video game podcast about playing games. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Uh... Fuck. Does laser Sorry. tag count? <laughs> no, I don't think laser tag counts. It's close enough, though. <laughs> <laughs> I played and lost it. Well, I, I won a couple of games of laser tag. You won a game. Yeah. Yes, I did. You were best player, and I was best agent on one of them. Mainly because I found a like it was this game type where five people get made into agents, and they have to be agents for as long as they can. If they die, the person who killed them becomes an agent. It's like I just. I just won that by just finding a cubby hole that no one was looking in. Um, that may have been outside the arena. I'm not sure. <laughs> I never like realised I'd turned thinking into Thinking about an agent. it, I might have teared real bad. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, if you can get away with it, that's what counts, right? Well, there was a sort of open... You're thinking like an agent. <laughs> yeah, there was a sort of open door that we sort of just wandered through. And it's like it went to... A... If you went down this route far enough, it looked like it went to some sort of storage room. So I sort of stayed... Stayed at the end. <laughs> stayed in the storage room. Won the game. Well, it stayed in the storage room. I so I didn't go that far. But I sort of stayed in the sort of entrance to it. So in theory, someone could have seen my red lights. But I couldn't figure out. I I didn't. Whenever I killed someone and turned red, I I, I never managed to get away in time to actually have a chance of hiding because the moment I turned red, I was yeah yeah. Really everyone dead. notices and you're gonna yeah. get immediately shot. You have to. You have to corner an agent that no one knows about and sneak away. That's that the problem with the all trick. these sort of laser tag games, really, isn't it? Like how they handle death just doesn't feel right ever. Yeah, but there's not much they can do. No. It's hard to design it. Well, so I think the only way you could probably pull it off is to do like a proper attack defense style game type, you know, where like two, there's two teams, there's two bases, someone has to infiltrate the enemy base and destroy a thing. Um, but if you get killed, you have to return to your base or some way behind your base, like like a game, like Team Fortress. 
Stop making noise, Cat. I think they should have been more. It should maybe if, if I paid attention, it would have been better. But like, it should be more obvious, like from the patterns of lights on you, what state you're in, or whatever. Like whether you're dead or. Oh, I didn't or... think that was too much of a problem. It was like the, the the annoying thing with that particular laser tag setup was the guns required you to have both hands on them before it would fire. Right. So if you so if you took your palm off the yeah, well, I don't know what you call it, the barrel holder area, yeah. it would go. Boo-doo. And you wouldn't be able to shoot. So the problem is, I found that kind of dodgy when you're starting to sweat a bit, right? And it's like my gun would just turn off at times. It's like, why can't I shoot? Yeah, that's annoying. I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it safe, but in the process, or you know, less likely for you to throw a gun at someone. Yeah, but- I suppose. <laughs> It's a shame because you can't, you couldn't run away while shooting behind you. Actually, I tried that a few times. Yeah, and I was like, like, oh, that, no, that wasn't working, work. was it? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it's annoying. I was sort of surprised at how far the tech, you know, they're actually using slightly more modern technology than the 1985 crap I'm used to. Yeah, but it seemed fairly up to date. Seemed pretty good. Uh, you so. know, Wi-Fi and a weird remote control thing that can yeah, like a wand of do doom. stuff. Yeah. Changes your colours and shit. And they had no. various game types, didn't they? I mean, yeah, zombie mode was cool. Yeah. And they had different weapons. Like, I quite like the switching weapon mechanic thing. It was that common in in laser tag. Yeah, yeah. Quasar used to have that as well. Oh, okay. But the button was always like, I think it was like an afterthought because it was like this little shitty, <laughs> like Radio Shack style pin button that used to sit on the top of the top of the gun and then like some of the game modes had like six weapons so you'd have to cycle between them but there's no way of telling which weapon you're on unless except by firing yeah i needed so, to yeah, pay more weird. attention to my it took me a while to realize that i could look at the shields recharging as i was dead so i knew when i was gonna yeah turn alive again. Well, eventually you just learn the timing yeah it's like that guy's going to be alive right about now, and he's dead. And he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Success is mine. So we did that. So is that all you've done, really? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. No more Max Payne. <laughs> no, I finished Max Payne. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I want to uh, play next. Well, I was thinking if you know, uh, I've been thinking about the upgrade basically, but I don't know if I. Because now I realise I need to get some more. My my jeans are falling apart. I need new to buy actually buy things <laughs> with my paycheck this month. I need to like buy clothes and shit. So I might not be. It might be postponed yet again. But uh, that's okay. Clothes can wait, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> London will accept your pants. Yeah. <laughs> will they though? You don't know. London is strange about pants. Is that a fact? Yeah, <laughs> you have to have fashion pants. Or... Exactly. I li- I work in Shoreditch, man. I can't go around <laughs> with ripped jeans, or maybe I can. <laughs> Why, <Well>, actually, <laughs> not ripped in the in the wrong place, though. They're ripped in, in the, the balls. No, they're not ripped in the balls. <laughs> Although it does that. That is an area that wears really badly. Like like when jeans go, they do sometimes go in the crotch. I do have a pair of jeans that I think are on the cusp. I'm having a ball-related accident. <laughs> a ball-related incident. <laughs> exactly. So I might have to uh, sort that out. And I need a haircut. All various stupid 
appearance related things like not looking like a tramp things that i need to spend money on <laughs> these so, jeans yeah. are cusping my balls <laughs> <laughs> cusping <laughs> oh dear uh indeed damn it it's right, true though so... i because I, I played quite a lot the last time right because i played that and and I even played, played the game. Dirt, yeah, I even played some Dirt 3 and I played some oh, did you? Deus you didn't Ex talk about and, that. Did I not? You played oh. some Deus Ex. You didn't talk about that either. I did. I did talk about that. Maybe not last time, but I was carrying on with that. I might not have been listening. <laughs> I was talking about, I was playing Human Revolution. Anyway, never mind. Um, no, that was a while ago. No, but I was carrying on with it. Oh, um, okay. Anyway, never mind. Um, yeah, fuck it. I need Whatever. to play. I know I do. I'm looking at my Steam list now. I need to play Gone Home because I've got that in the. I got that in the. Uh, okay. Way back yeah. Games we should have played. Yeah, I should get onto that. Uh, anyway, let's go on to the. There's big things happening. Anyway, I don't need to talk about what I've been playing because there's a new or new game out that you guys have both been playing that you probably should talk about. Is that right? I'm going to let Zach lead on this. I don't have that much to say. I played the campaign on both sides and that was it pretty much. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, Titanfall came out. Of course. And so you, you haven't really gone back into it, like, even after... Just the, Tell us about the campaign, because that was the bit that, that was, like, sort of unknown. <laughs> There's not, any, game not anything to it. It's just multiplayer games that you play in a row. With, with the same people, I guess, but that's not actually different from how multiplayer servers work anyway. Yeah, so... Yeah, I find it, it's a little bit of a disappointment, really, because it's not anything clever at all. It's just uh, the same maps and multiplayer rules as you were before, but they go in order through nine of the levels. But not all of the maps and not all of the rules. No. Um, They didn't manage to work Capture the Flag into the storyline somehow. (laughs) Yeah, but that would have been fucked up. (laughs) It's like, but the storyline that I thought was crap, and it's... It's kind of it doesn't matter you being there. It starts and ends in kind of a weird place, and it's I don't know. It's obviously the afterthought, but it's kind of a shame because they were kind of hyping it as being like oh. They never really hyped it. They never really told you anything about it other than we're trying to do something. Mm, I suppose. So it's yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bummer. But then again, that's not why most people are. It was always like clear from the start that this is being aimed specifically at multiplayer. So I guess it's not too much of a problem. It's it's no. sort of exacerbated slightly by the fact that I think in order to encourage people to go back to campaign, um, so people coming into it who want to play campaign have someone, other people to play against, um, that there's actually some X-Bone achievements or something for playing a shit ton of campaign matches. And it's like, oh, really? I don't, I don't really want to do these again. Or there's like achievement for making sure you win every uh, every one of the campaign missions from either side, um, but then there's no indication in the game to tell you which ones you've actually won. There's only an indication to say which levels you've done because it doesn't matter if you fail, right? Of course, no. But once you've done them, you can go into any of them at any point anyway. Yeah, true. Just but like I, but... playing a multiplayer match. <laughs> yeah, but you don't really know which one you've actually kind of. As I say, if you want to target to get those well, achievements, in, in as... theory, what I mean, what happened with, when I was playing the campaign is you just you either just win them all or you lose them all. <laughs> it oh, just depends on how what the teams are like at the start, I guess. what who you get stuck with. They do, you know, you know, people drop out and people switch around, so I do, I do find it varies, but. 
Oh yeah, and that that that, that I wasn't too impressed by. I, I not a lot really. Like sort of in the core design of the game, it it has changed since the beta. And I mean, nor could it in in like a month. But like uh, there are. There are things that maybe I thought, oh, this is just a beta thing, but are still there. Um, like, so I have numerous connection issues. Um, not during the course of a game, but sometimes as I come out of a game, I get dumped back to the private lobby, or um, or at least I would if whenever I try to do that, the game just, goes, just can't connect to servers and dumps me back to the main menu, at which point it then has to try and connect to a matchmaking server, which may or may not happen for quite some time. Right. Now, as I discovered, part of that is because I have difficulty doing port forwarding in my local network to my Xbone, unless I put the Xbone in the DMZ. If I do that, then things are much improved, but I will still get kicked out to the main menu screen when trying to exit a lobby and stuff like that. And it's there's and it can still occasionally take a while to connect to the matchmaking servers. Mm-hmm. So Although the problem is less, it's still kind of an issue for me. I, you know, I find it sort of confusing that this is a problem in a game that is geared up for multiplayer and running on an inferior, you know, fairly infinite cloud of Xbox servers. <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like, because I mean, they, I mean, this was the whole thing with the Xbox, right? I don't know. It's don't get me wrong; it's this... not Battlefield and it's not SimCity, so yeah, yeah, right. It, this is a positive for EA. Let's put it that way. Okay, cool. Um, okay, not They've... that EA you are probably like involved at all, but you know it's not actually positive for EA because it's not their service. No, no it's <laughs> the it's the Microsoft service. I presume it's Azure based like stuff. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what cool. new Xbox Live is based on. What the yeah, you know, server spin up and spin down stuff is. So yeah, no player is ever hosting a game, which gets rid of that problem. I think Azure might be the coolest and you know, cleverest thing that Microsoft are doing, I, you know, cause I think this for gaming, it's a genius idea, isn't it? It's like spin, yeah, up, yeah. spin down servers as players want them as but a game to... is popular, spin up more. If it, when the drop off eventually happens, turn those servers will naturally, naturally turn off and the new games will get the power. You know, it's, it's a perfect idea for game servers. Yeah. It's great for that. Mm. I think it's just great in general. And I think they're doing it really well. Cause like, not for gaming, but like just for the even in general, like like uh, I've 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 used AWS and it's a bit clunky to be honest. And Azure seems yeah. quite a lot cooler. I've I've not used either, but I researched them at one point, and it's like yeah, the, you can do most of the same stuff in either, but at the same time, it's how you do that same stuff seems more streamlined in Azure. And I don't know if anyone are running um game dedicated servers on AWS. They probably are, but I mean, it seems like they've put a lot of deliberate thought into it for Azure, obviously for Xbox Live or whatever, but then you can bring that benefit to the PC as you clearly can with Titanfall, right? Well, the PC yeah, and Titanfall has launched using the same Exactly. Same service. infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. So like Which is interesting. I wonder if how much like Respawn and EA had to negotiate with Microsoft to get that. Because you know, Microsoft was saying, Yeah, this is this is available for free to Xbox people. And it's like, uh well, here comes a PC game that's using it as well. Yeah. Um, because oh, maybe that was part of the deal that to get Titanfall exclusivity. Exclusivity. Well, apparently the EA have definitely got the rights for Titanfall two or whatever, but it's not necessarily. It's not. I doubt, it. I doubt it'll be an exclusive. Yeah. But what will they do about servers then? Well, I guess it's 
too early to worry well, about yeah, that. But... They'll, have, they'll have to do something different for the PlayStation version, and that's on them. What does that say? Anyway. But it's a good advert for the system as a whole, because it does, you know, once I'm in the game, like, despite those connection problems of, like, getting out of stuff and being dumped in the wrong place, yeah. it's like, actually, when you're playing a game, I have not had a single problem. Unless you're just playing against someone who's obviously connected to the wrong server for some reason. It's like, no. I'm playing on a European server. Why does this guy have a ping over 200? <laughs> well, you can't see the ping. Do they display the ping numbers in the PC version? I'm pretty sure. Because uh, they don't do that on Xbox. They have the classic shitty. Yeah. I want numbers, man. Um, yeah, numbers are better than the sort of mobile graph. phone reception thing imaging. Yeah. yeah. What does that even mean? Like, what are the boundaries of that? Like, is. is like hella ping still full green you know that kind of stuff but i was also like why does the the west europe server still ping at like over 50 for me it's like where is this in server well, see, mine doesn't. Like I've had... at least france to have a bit ping at 50 yeah i don't know where the data set i think it's in ireland maybe like <laughs> well um, that's about the same distance the aws servers are in ireland so oh I'm yeah surprised if yeah i don't the, know whether if the microsoft ones i think uh, microsoft have a big data center in ireland I know that because okay. I, I saw a video on it ages ago, but that was quite a while ago. But I mean, mm. maybe there's some economic, there's probably some economic reason why Ireland is good because Apple are based in Ireland, right? They're not, they don't have anything like yeah, I in, don't know. I don't Brit, know. in Britain. Like, anyway, which is weird. Apple it's all you, tax Apple reasons Europe, anyway. and things. Yeah. 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 It'll be something like that. Maybe electrical <laughs> supply is cheaper in Ireland. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, I guess they can like cool stuff with the the water from the hills and shit, and all the rain. And, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think water. Ireland's much colder than the rest of the UK. No, but I'm more water. I, I guess available in the surface area. <laughs> I'm probably talking crap <laughs> as usual. But I get, I get, I get quite low pings, like sub twenty for the the West Europe center on Xbox. I don't know if that's just my connection or like fiber being so awesome. So it does show the numbers there. Yeah, I, that's the one place I get a number is on the data center thing. Because it lets you pick and shows you the ping times for all of them. And in fact, before you hit the play button, it should auto-select which one and whichever's faster. Which is, again, kind of neat. But entirely pointless, really, because it's like yeah, why not there's, just... there's only one. I think you ever care about. Yeah, well, the, I guess the only problem is, is like if you're if you did want to play with people from America, like say you knew them like as friends or something, that you'd have to manually pick a data center to to sort that out. Um, so here's the thing: if nothing has changed, and like you can refer to the last episode for everything I talked about Titanfall, because it's all still true. It's all still pretty great. It's all still um, fantastic. But there are some, I don't know, elements to it where it's it's not up to speed with the likes of Call of Duty, let's say. So you can't right. create custom games. Everything is matchmaking, mm-hmm. um, which will annoy some people. Um, and there's no like pre-match voting system. You get what the game gives you, and you have no choice. Um, so it's like we're playing this map, and if you're in the variety mode, we're playing this game type. Um, yeah, that, if you had voting in the variety mode, you wouldn't play all the other game types because <laughs> people would just vote them out all the time. Maybe, but perhaps that should be something to consider because you know sometimes if you have a really close game on a 
on a, on a map on COD, for instance, everyone votes to let's do that again. That was awesome because we had a real close fight and it was a very balanced game. That weirdly, that's how Call of Duty tends to work. People like the balance, and I like the balance. So that's where the vote goes, and you have a great time. This is just like, yeah, fuck it, move on. <laughs> if you had a balanced game, that should be the balance regardless of what map it is. Otherwise, it's the map's fault. <laughs> well, some people are better at some game times than others. Like one of the things I've noticed, like about players, is they don't always follow the rules of the game. Like especially in like CTF, they don't. They'll spend like, in, like when you're playing CTF, it's hard to know what I guess the rest of your team are up to. But you know, you'll see someone just camping out somewhere where the flag bearer is never going to run because it's miles out of the way. And just shooting at grunts and stuff, and you're like, you're not helping anyone. <laughs> and the same goes for like, um, uh, like pilot hunter. We've got guys just shooting grunts all the time, and yeah, but that's still important. In some yeah, but well, uh, all it does is speed up your titan. But actually, as the titan and pilot hunter, <laughs> it's kind of hard to kill pilots some of the time. <laughs> yeah, but you're also protected from being killed if you're in a titan. <laughs> I guess, but it's not... I don't know. I don't feel that's a legit strategy for that game type. In fact, arguably, in Pilot Hunter, you can just benefit people by just hiding in the furthest corner of the map you possibly can and never exposing yourself. If everyone was strategic like that, then maybe. (laughs) That's the other thing. You don't have many talkers and you don't have many... Which is both good and bad in the sense that you don't have much strategic play at all. Like, the only time it's really come to play is the odd moment where I found myself standing next to Kippers, and it's like, hey, Kips, there's a pilot to your left. And it'll go, all right, <laughs> and watch that area <laughs> for a bit while I while I cover the other side. <laughs> That's about as strategic as we got. <laughs> but do you think there's scope for much more strategy? Not really. I, I don't know. Maybe in, as we talked about before, perhaps some of the, like, last Titan standing stuff that were, like, sneaky tactics about hiding Titans, maybe some of that is applicable. Um, I mean, I guess you could uh, you could come up with decent tactics to like to coordinate a CTF run, um, like so one player say takes a Strider in to to get the flag, or rides on another Titan to get the flag. As they're getting the flag, calls in their Strider, um, right? Whilst using a burn card to get the dash core immediately, and then you can just dash your way back with unlimited dash back to to deliver the flag. Um, you know, it has the scope for some of those plans, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I've never seen—I don't think I've ever seen anyone talking to anyone. <laughs> I think mean, I had so one time where some guy Titanfall? came on the chat and went, "All right, guys," and that was it. That was the last I heard of him. <laughs> really? That's quite unusual because they're, they're quite talkative in some games, aren't they? Like in COD and stuff. Well. They're never talkative in a good way in these other no, games. Like, the, silence is, the silence is quite nice. Silence is golden. And it's like when you're playing Garden Warfare, all you hear in the background is parents talking to their kids about how the game works. <laughs> well, it must just be everyone has decided to turn their microphone off because of the dumb way that the connect microphone is automatically like always transmitting, yeah, if, unless you set it to not. <laughs> yeah, it's on by default, but which is not a good idea. And they might have changed that, actually. I get the feeling they might have done in the last patch or two. Not sure. But they've so all that's kind of aware that, that they've changed it. It's a question. No idea. They have. Probably not. 
you don't get like a patch notes thing when an update occurs on Xbone. It just says, we need to update. Oh no, what's the phrase? It's time to update. It's time to update. Oh really? Is that what you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you say? <laughs> what you say? Update time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so do you think there's scope to play have no chance to competitively? Update, <laughs> um, you know, like... Um, See, Maybe. TF2 is played competitively, right? And COD yeah. is, I presume. Yeah, I mean, potentially. Potentially. I mean, the, the uh, part of the problem, I guess, is because the levels are so big and it's only six on six, is that, um, is that everyone sort of spreads out quite a bit. Right. So you very rarely actually have a teammate close to you. Okay, um, but you could, you could stick together if you wanted, I guess. You could try, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen organically. Right. Um, unless you're just following some guy. And then you're probably not much help because you're spending your time trying to work out where he's going so you can follow him rather than really covering yourself. Or, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and you're some... so mobile as well with the crazy jumping and stuff. That yeah, probably... you could fuck up a jump real easily and then just be like, oh, well, now I can't follow you. Now I'm left behind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure about that side of it. But, you know, as a solo multiplayer game... Sounds weird, me saying it. It's, it's still hella cool. Hmm. It's like, but I, I guess you know, Zach, you raised an issue of perhaps there isn't enough progression content. <laughs> well, there's virtually no content at all, and like, <laughs> if just like the, it's like, why did they even bother building a gun attachment system which has like a stats or like bars that show the stats when there's only one actual attachment it's like when you have a gun you have the default before you've unlocked any attachments you have the expanded clip which is just an upgrade because it doesn't have any drawbacks and then no. you have the other thing which is usually a silencer <laughs> it's like that's not that's not actually any option at all if you don't like a silencer you just use the expanded clip and if you if you don't have, if you unlock this expanded clip, there's no reason not to use it. <laughs> it's a little disappointing in some respects because I think, like after playing Black Ops Two for ages, it's like you're kind of spoiled with the amount of choice you have. Like there's like twenty different attachment types or something, mm. and like some of them are extended clips, some of them is a, a fast reload clip that, like, it's basically two clips taped together. So you Actually. so you flip it over and it works well the first time, but the second time you reload, you have to throw it away and get another one. Yeah. So it's like some interesting sort of mechanics like that, um, and some of the scanners, are, some of the scopes are different. Like you get the millimeter scanner, which is can sort of see through walls at close range, and. Uh, you get you get a ton of options basically, like the laser sight to the classically like makes hip fire better. Yeah, and it's like there's none of that s- scope of stuff in this, and that's a little disappointing. And also, just like I basically haven't ever used any other gun apart from the one you start with because it <laughs> is the, best. the generic good gun. The, the carbine that you start with is. And there's most, no, it's the best all-round weapon. And you don't get any other carbines. It's just like, well, you get other sort of similar things. Yeah, you get the SMG not... and then eventually the slightly longer range SMG. And then 
Yeah, but those aren't actually like right. You get like the one shot or burst rifle eventually, but that's just like that's not really the hemlock. I find really difficult to use. They are other. They are actually different versions of that gun, not like in Battlefield where you get like a goddamn ton of stuff. And maybe they don't. Maybe well, this they is don't the make thing. that much difference. But, yeah, I mean, come on. This is the thing. I've always been in kind of in two minds about the, how they played the gun out. Because in one aspect, the one side of me is like, okay, maybe they've gone down the old Quake or Unreal route, where it's like actually you don't need tons of guns that sort of fill the same role. We'll just have one or maybe two guns that fill that role, and you can pick between them. Whereas the Battlefield and Call of Duty approach is, let's have every fucking gun ever, and you can are very subtly different from each other, and you have to spend the time to figure it out. Which is, but then, like, do you see what I mean? Like that, that's that last bit I said sounds good, like a good element of having tons of guns, right? right. But then. The streamlinedness of how about we just make all those starting guns fill a particular role and stick to it. That also sounds kind of cool because that means you're thinking about it like Quake or Unreal. Like, what you know, what is this gun good for? Mm. Um, do you need to have these other ones? So I'm sort of torn in that respect. It's like, I guess if you're going to play a lot of it and get real into it, more guns is just more interesting because you've got more room to play. But then Call of Duty kind of had the problem that in order They're to make some same. of the guns good, you needed to level them up to get the attachments to make the gun good. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's like, well, then that discourages you from moving on to the ones you've already leveled. Yeah, but in and it's, Titanfall, you don't get any of the base guns. You unlock them as you progress. But it's like, that's the COD like, system as well. But yeah, yeah, and the Battlefield system, in fairness. No, oh, not well, really. No, I guess you, you, get... you get one of everything right at the start in Battlefield. Well, if... Apart from not in four now. Yeah, but... not in four. Like, you have to it doesn't shotgun. take very long to get to the... Uh, I don't know, tell me why I get It's because you, you, you weren't using the right kit. That's the, that's the, I didn't... I don't know, yeah, the Battlefield 4 system is kind of messed up in the best of... in the worst of ways. <laughs> but... Like, ah, you want you want that DMR set that every class can use? Well, I'm going to force you to play Sniper for a while. It's not that much effort. I but what if you crap at playing Sniper? Then you don't get the points, and then you don't well, get the, the DMRs for ages, which with, is what happened to me. The trouble with Battlefield 4 Snipers is that since you don't have any option apart from actual rifles, it's not like... Um, actually, I don't know. When do you... When... I don't know. Carbines are pretty useful. Yeah, I guess. Because, yeah, you get those from one of the other classes, so you could port one of the other class guns onto snipers and just be like a dumb running gun sniper for a while, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people do that. <laughs> but, yeah. Or being a sniper with a DMR rather than a rifle. Is... Yeah, but then you have to unlock the DMR. <laughs> yeah. Which is why you're playing sniper in the first place. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. So that's, like... And also, I kind of... The same sort of applies to the Titans as well. The Titans have... Uh, no, the Titans I are almost more interesting, but then the kit you apply to them is just kind of dull. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not... For a future environment with ships that can jump in and out of places and you have yeah. robot troops coming around, it just feels like a... They've played it way too safe on the weapons department. Yeah, they didn't do any actual... like. There's a charge rail gun, but... You know. Well, it's like... And even the attachments for them, it's just like... Why is there just like the railgun's actually the more interesting one in terms of the attachments in a way because there's a trade-off on both. Like there isn't just a straight upgrade to the railgun. Yeah, I think the yeah. Titan weapons may be actually better than the normal weapons for. Oh, there are a range. few that are just yeah, there are a few of the Titan weapons are just extended mag, but well, the difference. Up- <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Uh, like you know, the difference between the forty mil normal and forty mil burst, you know, is. But worth, then, worth weighing up. The actual attachments for the Titan, it's just like, there's a lot of those that don't feel like they're even worth attaching at all. Where it's just like, 
Why would you not have smoke? I mean, it's the one defense you have against people jumping on you. I'd just jump out and shoot. Well, yeah. But then <laughs> if you. If and, you yeah, and on some of my lighter, like the Strider, I have the smoke because I don't want to be jumping out of that because it will just die too fast. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I didn't, hadn't even bothered changing the chassis at all because it's just like, why would you want either of those other two? It's like the big one's Dio, too slow and the, the light, light one too weak. <laughs> I, I have a tactic in Last Titan Standing where I use the Ogre. Just the big heavy shield. Well, it's like, yeah, why with, wouldn't you? Yeah, with, with, a, with just... a plasma rifle, and I just stay at the back. I let the others go forward and be fucking mental, and I'll just pick off the guys that are in a fight, not knowing I'm there. Well, that's so just the obvious tactic for yeah. last time. Is that you use the one with the most health and the longest range. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone? But, that's use the thing, that, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't work though. if everyone did that because everyone would just close. Get get real. If you got rushed by the other team then you'd be fucked in a close range fight. Yeah, but if everyone was shooting them, you'd kill them all from miles away before they got to you. <laughs> you'd hope, yeah. That's <laughs> what so, I mean. In a way, Last Titan Standing is the most interesting game type here. Mm. Like, it's not the most fun. I prefer playing Attrition or Hardpoint. But... I think Attrition has problems. It's just like the, the, the whole idea of like you can get, get the points just from killing the grunts and stuff. It's like... It's, it's hard good to in theory, apart from when apart people from grunts, don't do it, you're boned. Yeah, and and because the grunts kind of spawn sort of randomly. I yeah. mean, some of the levels you can you can find a spot where the drops come in fairly regularly, and insert just stand there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just, just just throw grenades at the <laughs> where those drops are landing and kill all the grunts in one go. Um, it's like it's because of the sort of random element that the grunts add that makes attrition kind of weird but at the same time it's like it's the most accessible game mode because it gives like but the other problem, the other problem with attrition is just like the it, like the grunt system is exactly antithetical to the maneuvering system because it's like oh I can climb up on top of these buildings but then I won't be shooting grunts because there's no fucking grunts up there no <laughs> it's, it's weird on some levels the grunts get into mis- mysterious places and it's like how did you even get here like on Fracture, they can climb one of the buildings um, and get quite high in it, but there's no like d- just walking route there. So it's like, how? Wait, where are you coming from? Well, the robots have jetpacks; they'll jump. Yeah, the, the spectres. The spectres make sense, but you know, just the grunts, just dudes. But yeah, that, it's like that doesn't really work for like you have the maneuverability to try climb off the whole roof roofs and you probably want to because being on foot when there's titans around you want to be higher up than them because that's how you win yeah. <laughs> and then you're not shooting the grunts and then you're screwing your team like I and then that so that like maybe would push you towards playing the pilot hunter but I think that's too far the other way it's like when the only way you can get points is by killing a guy yeah you, it's, it's interesting because that shooting at grunts and spectres feels like a risk in pilot hunter because if you do that, then you're and you don't use a suppressor, you're announcing to Who everyone where looks you are. Map? <laughs> I look at it all the time. I don't think I ever look at it. I look at it, especially when Titans are about. Like big red marker. I'm not going that way while I'm a pilot. So I think it has problems. I think it has some work to do to catch up the cod, but. But it's, it's gonna do that work, I presume. I mean, there'll be another yeah. Titanfall. I mean, and it's, it's it is still it's different enough to be to get away with it at this stage. I think. Yeah, it's like they they do need to do more, and if they don't in the sequel, then it's gonna you know it's it's gonna be quite annoying. It's it's a li- it, you can sort of understand maybe that you know respawn being a comparatively small team and probably comparatively underfunded 
compared to Call of Duty, why this has occurred. So, you know, you can give them some slack on that. But from the consumer perspective, $60 for Titanfall isn't yeah. necessarily a good proposition against $60 for Call of Duty, where you get a fully-fledged campaign, a heck of a content-rich multiplayer, and the Zombies mode, or whatever the extra mode is in that particular year's version of Call of Duty. You know, yeah. $60 for Call of Duty is pretty damn good value. So it's a That's hard true. sell in a way to people in the know. Yeah, you're paying for the for the newness of the gameplay, I guess, or yeah, the innovation. It's still hell of fun. <laughs> I was trying to think, like in my head, is like, do I actually think it's more or less fun than Garden Warfare? I actually had this argument, is and that's maybe part of the problem. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Garden, and that because Garden Warfare is so good and it's kind of a throwaway shooter. <laughs> But <laughs> are you having more fun with Bots vs. Zombies? Uh, it, it's, uh, I do have a smile on my face most of the time playing that game. It's like it's it's a different experience. You know, it's completely different. So it's uh, it's hard to be comparative. Like, but I guess they're both multiplayer shooters. They both come out at the same time, and they're both published by EA. That's true. So, are you? With, do you do a lot of? Um... You know, uh, Robo Guard mode or whatever, where your Titan follows you around. Very rare. Oh, not often. Only when I sort of. Uh, I, yeah, I, I rarely do that, to be honest. Only when I feel like I they need to get this pilot that's nearby, but I can't find him, so I'll try right. and go on foot to ferret him out. But yeah, just run away. <laughs> I just stay in the robot all the time. I'm way more effective than just being in the robot. I am better in a Titan than I am on foot. Yeah. Because I've well, heard people saying sort of, yes. they use that all the time as like the main. They don't like being in the Titan. Well, right? Yeah, but the, uh, people do. It, it depends what t- some Titan loadouts seem more effective at being auto Titan than others. Like, well, yeah, also there's the unlock for upgraded Titan AI, which yeah. probably you need. Yeah, but you, really you get you that. get that quite late level though, so it's like you probably won't get it for long before you decide to prestige. Which is retarded as well. That's the other thing about the unlock system, where it's like, oh, I'm unlocking a gun at level 48, two levels before I reset everything. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, COD did that as well, but in Black Ops, like, you could prestige to keep a gun permanently. Yeah. Um, so naturally, you pick the one that comes at level 49 or something. <laughs> and it's like, I'll, I'll just have that one then. Because <laughs> it turns out that's probably my favourite assault rifle. <laughs> So yeah, I, don't, I, I Kippers was I haven't experienced it yet, but Kippers was telling me that the prestige system is kind of brutal. I don't know what the benefit is to doing it other than but getting it. Is it. A bit of no, because you know at least Blops gave you something each time you did it. Um, yeah, but what does it? It's like what benefit could they even have? You can't actually give you an, an actual benefit. Yeah, well, it would be, no, it'd be nice to say if it like it. gave you one extra like loadout slot, maybe like little things because like, like extra burn card slot or something. Yeah, or, or more space to store burn cards because <laughs> yeah, always too so something burn cards. something meta because COD did that by um, you have to prestige once in order to be able to unlock. There's like the majority of the calling cards, mm. which is you know the stupid little <laughs> yeah, things that appear when you kill someone or where someone kills you, um, or I think some of the yeah some of the like non-important to gameplay stuff was locked behind prestige walls. It's like just as a sort of a very minor reward for doing it, um, which then made it kind of like oh there's a point in doing this other than just 
<laughs> there's actually a point in doing this other than for the prestige. Which well, is I don't think they're, slightly I don't think, ironic. I don't think even then that's enough point. It's just like it's a it's a dumb system where it's just like you go go all the way up to this point and you reset your progress basically. And, but then it's just, the but it's like, and the only thing you're getting is prestige, literally. And then, it's the classic problem the, of like if you don't do it, you're like, well, I'm wasting this experience I'm getting now. Well, <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's such a sucky system from the from the perspective of the player. It's just you're like, opting back into the feedback loop, is what you're doing by prestiging. You're opting back yeah, into seeing the numbers. Go up. If the, if they wanted to keep the feedback loop, just have it be an infinite level, so the numbers always go up forever. They don't have to reset all your unlocks every time. But it's, I don't know. It's always somewhat. I don't know. But the unlocks is a satisfying thing, even if it's yeah, the but same no, thing. it's not though because you've already unlocked them before so you already know what all the unlocks are and you've already played around with them i'm thinking that this theory doesn't work on you but that psychologically it works on a lot of people i can't imagine why unlocks <laughs> they're the same unlocks but surely that's the same as the loot system in an mmo like most of the loot you get is bullshit but it's like it's loot yeah but you're not if you're talking like guild wars 2 most of the loot that i get i just salvage and it's just that doesn't that's not loot. It's just salvage. <laughs> all I'm all I'm after is the salvage at that point. I, I guess maybe Guild Wars isn't the best example, but for some games, it's like you, whenever you get something, there's a chance that it's going to be better than what you have, and so you just keep looking all the yeah, time. Yeah, but once you've reached the peak, once you've got your setup, I mean, like think about like. But then, what is there for you? That's the problem. What is there for you at that point? In, well, in that then you're done with the game. Because <laughs> like in Torchlight Two, I'm nowhere near the end of like. I never got to the end of like the skill tree or whatever. I never leveled up enough to actually get enough points to fill out all of my chosen tree. But they don't want you to be done with the game. Is the thing? Yeah, right? but they've made it a long enough progression that it takes fucking forever to get to that point, <laughs> rather than the time for where you can go up like twenty levels in one day of playing. Because <laughs> I did. Well, at the start, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's it's definitely slowed down for me now. I'm at what thirty something. It doesn't seem that slow, though. I'm prestige. I mean, it was like a couple of days. I mean, easily on. I saw people who had already prestige on launch day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> within like six hours. Man. Yeah, I saw that. Not exactly difficult, as a, and you can get like burn cards to give yourself tons of bonus points. Yeah, but that's, that, I kind of like that. That you know that you can use a burn card to work as like a, an XP doubler instead of getting like a an actual boost. Wait. You know, instead of like being faster or instead of having an amped weapon, or it's like again, it's a sort of if you're going to waste a card on that. Well, it's a, it, in, at least in that case, it normally doesn't feel like such a waste when you never, when you just die. Like <laughs> yeah, when you've true. got an amped gun and you just walk out and immediately die, you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. If it was just an experience, where you're just like, oh well, I guess I didn't exploit that. Right yeah, now. it's like you take taking an amped anti-titan weapon. And it's like right, okay, the titans are really fucking me over this time. I'll I'll, I'll burn my amped anti-titan weapon and then you spawn and there's some dude in front of you who kills you and you're like oh fuck like I had like, the rematch is the worst if, if you've been rematched no it happened to me once and like some guy just literally like because you, you, you burn the rematch card and it spawns you where you died yeah um, so some guy I killed a guy and he did it immediately and was just facing me and I'm like what and just jump kicked me because he just appeared in front of my face and just immediately pressed the jump kick button and it's like well there's nothing I could have fucking done about that that doesn't one hit you from the front though does it yeah it does jump kick is always one hit kill what is no, it it's not. <laughs> it is for me it's I'm... always been one hit kill whenever I've played 
Like even from the front, even from the side, like because it's meant it's only meant to be a one hit kill when you do the next snap, which is from behind. That's it the whole is. point of having a different animation. <laughs> I think it works. Oh, I think it's for me. It's always been one hit kill. Always. Not a single time have I been hit by it and gone. I'm good. Is that that's the main melee, right? So the the melee yeah, is, it, is one to hit me. Kill. I think it works like the knife in cod, which has always been insta kill. Right. It's, it's just with a longer animation. In that case, the actual neck snap is the worst option. Yeah, Because it it's is. a much worse animation to go through. It is. It's bad. But you get more experience for doing it. For some reason. <laughs> the only reason you should get more experience is if it's the one-hit kill one. Because then you're doing it for the points. I mean, yeah, I kind of I, I kind of agree with you but that maybe that's dumb. Because, you know, killing someone with a jump kick is dumb in the first place. The whole animation is completely dumb. <laughs> I don't know why they chose to do that. It's just, it doesn't it sound right cool. at all. <laughs> it sounded cool on paper, I'm sure, it does. at some point. I don't, think it is, I don't think it is any kind of cool. It's like a jump kick wouldn't kill anyone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And it's not like they've invented some kind of mysterious, like, technological explanation for no, how they like made, a... like, a super boot or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the boot. Yeah. It's not like the gravity boot from Bulletstorm. Or yeah, anything. exactly. Which was the technical explanation for that. <laughs> gravity boot. Was it, what, it had extra gravity than your average boot? Well, no, it, it, when you kicked someone, it created a gravitational field around them to slow them down. <laughs> It's basically like a oh, mass yeah. effect field. Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. you had some L zero in your boots. Yeah. Gravity boots. <laughs> it's a hell of a mechanic. <laughs> so yeah, Titanfall. Sounds... It is recommend I, I do recommend yeah. it. I do love it, but it's yeah. Work work to be done. How's it run on your PC's egg? I guess you've got a really fast one, haven't you? So. Well, if it was anything like mine, flawlessly. And you can probably run it in Insane, right? Yep. Yeah. Runs fine. No one's playing it, though. But that means none of the people that I usually play stuff with. No, no, a single person on my Origin friends listed upwards, which is the people <laughs> out of IRC. Right. None of them are playing it. Hmm. They didn't seem interested at all. Surprising. Is it because they're not interested in COD, you think? Or? Well, I don't know. A couple of them play the play Call of Duty multiplayer on PC quite a bit. Mm. On Steam. I think it lacks some of that, you know, customization and where you, what you can do and how you how you can play the game is a little limited. Do you like, think they this, will patch any of that stuff in or do you think it'll be for the sequel? If they do patch it in, I bet it will be DLC. Well, they've right. already got their season pass and shit, so oh, uh, however much um, of that is going to come out of, I don't know how many packs they're doing or what, what those packs are going to contain. So they can't possibly, it's possibly, they can't put guns and stuff in those. So here's the other side they of this. They could, in theory, like fucking Northern Strike for 2142, I guess, mm. but those were like such weird esoteric guns that they didn't really fuck up the balance. No, they, they were, yeah, they were weird for like one purpose, weren't they? So one specific purpose. Um, well, here's the sort of flip side of that argument like and i doubt it will carry over because you know it's a it's a big ass franchise yeah you're gonna want to call of duty the money out of it but garden warfare had its first dlc this week um after being out for like a week or really? two weeks that had its first that? dlc and it's free and it adds a game mode mm, cool that's not a dlc that's a patch <laughs> <laughs> on a console it's as good as you don't get patches that add content on consoles 
yeah, there's patches it's just for fixing bugs, aren't they? I guess. Yeah. Or consoles, it's, anyway. It's free DLC, basically. And it's like, well, you, you don't have to. Yeah, I guess it. That's what they call it on a console. You're right. It's a patch, but, you know. So they added something for free for an already great game. So what's the game mode? Uh, no mode. <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't actually played it yet, so I have no idea what it's like. But it's probably just Captain Flag, probably, <laughs> but with multiple gnomes. I reckon it might be multi flag or something. Mm. <laughs> no mode. I do wonder what Titanfall would be like if it could support a higher player count. Like, do you think they they'll could, change if they things? Go up? out of six. I don't. I don't think they will. I think it will okay. stick to the six on six, but. I think they'd have to... Because the, cause the performance on the Xbox starts to suffer when there's 12 Titans fucking about. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> but that makes it a bit sparse when you're on foot and stuff, and you just have to fill it out with those AI dudes. That's Grunts probably why, them. yeah. Mm. They might be able to do it if they just made the maps long and thin. Yeah. Because then, since you're just spawning auto-random anyway, you don't mm. like, it's not like Battlefield where you choose a point. No. So it, could, it would just naturally spread everyone out over the length of the map. Mm. It would be nice if it had that, like, point picking for hard point mode, especially. <laughs> yeah, but then that would make it too easy. Mm, maybe. Because <laughs> you just spawn... But you automatically spawn near whatever ones you have anyway. Uh, and yeah, if you only have was... one, you know you're going to spawn next to it. Yeah, Maybe. So yeah, it's time for. Cool. Anyone been playing anything else? I started playing Papers, Please. Oh yeah? Papers, Please. I played a bit of that. That's a weird bloody game. Um, it's kind of cool. Like it, it definitely gives the sense of, I think, what they were going for. The sort of semi-monotony of it. Yeah. Like, because it does... I did think to myself after a few days of play, going, all right, maybe I need to stop playing this now. But then I sort of didn't. <laughs> I ended up playing like 20 days in one go. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you just sort of get on with it. And I'm not really sure why. Because <laughs> it's not like, it's just a base, a, an increasingly complex game of spot the difference at its heart. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's the gameplay, though. I mean, the, the context is quite interesting. Yeah. Like the stuff that's happening around of it, like, do you take a bribe to feed your family and stuff and keep them Ill, like not ill <laughs> keep them ill <laughs> keep them ill <laughs> fuck those guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a delicate balancing act there and it's like I, i'm not fast enough to get by on just my salary so it's no you need all this other stuff and like the the easic things and and then the interface is kind of on purpose awkward yeah, but on top of that, just to drag items around all the time, and as a, as a way of simulating it, until eventually you get you have to be checking more papers than your screen can handle. Yeah, and it's like it's all it's all intentionally a clusterfuck. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I I do like that 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 dumb theme music. Yeah, yeah of course you would. Duh. It's basically the tuba theme, the, the tu- fat guy walking <laughs> theme. <laughs> yeah, I like the sound when you when you say, you know, when you click the oh, uh, next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. So it's like surprisingly little like media in that game, isn't there? Like, yeah, 
perhaps could have done with a few more varied sound effects for like the talking and stuff, but rather than just blah 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 blah. I wonder if I've still got those sound effects somewhere. There must got to be somewhere. I've got the disc for the Games Factory anyway, so I probably do. I've still got most of the sample library somewhere. But anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know how long it is, but I'm on like day 21. So I don't know how much further I've got to go till it ends. Like, it's got like 16 endings or something. Yeah, it has got a whole bunch of endings, yeah. I'm not sure I'd go back to it, though. No. Once I've finished it, because it's like I've had one season of this interesting tedium. So <laughs> it's hard to classify, is it? It's, it's interesting tedium, I guess. Well, it depends whether you can even detect what you did differently. Like, mm. what were the choices that you actually made? And how can you switch that up? It's well, like, yeah, sometimes I you know, fucked up. Like, I didn't... I wasn't paying enough attention to let two of the agents of Isaac through, for instance. Mm. Um, you know, I did the whole thing of, like, working out who I was supposed to let through and then just didn't pay attention to what the names actually were. <laughs> <laughs> So I like denied them access. <laughs> Always have trouble with the faces. Yeah, the for faces some reason tricky. I don't spot that the, the there's been a photo of, is wrong. Or that I'm uh, the worst one for me is there's been a couple of times where it's like this person isn't male, and it's like he yeah. looked like a dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's like to me that guy was a dude. Like, <laughs> to me, that guy was a dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then there, are, I've had one awkward moment where I've questioned that, and obviously you go through the the scanner, and it's like, oh no, he's got a cock, right? Okay, let him. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a phrase cool. you never thought you'd say. <laughs> he's got a cock. Let him through. So yes, yeah, we're doing that. I don't know if I mentioned last time, but I finished Final Fantasy Thirteen too. Yeah, I mentioned that. Did I? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you moving straight on to Lightning Returns? <laughs> no. Fuck it. I think I'm done. <laughs> really? Wow. So cool. you know, I'm t- it's annoying to say like two thirds through this shitstorm, but <laughs> that one just ended so badly. <laughs> Well, Lightning Returns is like set in the future, but everyone else is still alive for no reason, right? And it's, just, it's in a sort of timeless time, but yet there's a time limit. <laughs> there's a time <laughs> limit on the timeless time. Oh no! <laughs> it's 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 kind of nonsensical from the get go. No. no. Rather than starting off vaguely nonsensical and getting. Yeah, this, this this is just flat out dumb from the old <laughs> flat out <laughs> dumb. <laughs> the best kind of dumb, the flat out dumb. <laughs> yeah. the portable dumb. It's flat, you know. You can fold it. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean it's portable. <laughs> it could just be a really large bit of flat card, like a giant comedy check. You mean? Or... Yeah. <laughs> like this is my <laughs> <quite> dumb. <laughs> They're not very portable. And they're, they're quite dumb. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So whenever we think about a dumb game now, we have to imagine it as if it was a giant flat piece of card. <laughs> well, I've been playing plenty of portable dumb. Tell us about your portable dumb. No, it's not actually that dumb. It's portable. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Although then, Zach- I managed to, I managed to, for some reason, decide to do something portable dumb, and I just. I wanted to play fucking Echo and the Dolphins, I bought it. <laughs> oh, what, the one of the 3D remasters? Yeah. What's it like? It's totally not very 3D, but it's still oh. Echo and the Dolphins, so that's good, <laughs> I guess. But it's, right. not, it's not the PC version. No, Go. the PC version was by far the best. Yeah. What makes that It's so the Forgotten better, One. Yeah. It, just, it had CD-quality music. <laughs> yeah, it had, had like... And slightly better graphics had, also. What do they call it? Is it Red Book for, like, CD audio? Yeah, had, like, had that and it... Some of the visuals were actually slightly better, yeah. I think. And the sound effects were theoretically better, although actually I don't think they were. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> like you could remember. <laughs> I watched you play enough of it. I mean, like, the sonar noise I think was better on the PC, but I, don't, I think the water splashing noise is worse on the PC. <laughs> I don't remember that much. Yeah, there you go, yeah. you see, exactly. But yeah, so I played a fair bit of that. It's annoying where it's like it's a it's it's a nostalgia thing, obviously, because we played that phone forever ago. And we actually got I actually got like basically almost through the whole game on the PC version. Mm. I mean I got to the I last never did. I got to the last stage and then it sucks because the last stage is some is like this retarded fourth scrolling maze where you get crushed against the walls if you don't know which way to go. Oh. And that just sucks because it's just like you have to just keep doing it until you learn the route. Mm. But it's not just like learning the route, it's also learning the way the screen moves to trick you to not go the right route, where it's like, oh, the screen's going to go this way, I'll go over here. Oh, no, wait, the screen turned around, and then I got crushed. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, you mean that the screen changes direction? It's yeah. not just like a, a one-way no, run away. The screen pans around over this maze oh, that's and, tries, and tricks you by scrolling one way and then changing. <laughs> What's the justification for you getting crushed again? Is there something at the edge of the screen to crush <laughs> No, you? not really. No. <laughs> that's kind of cheap. But yeah, so that's the, I haven't got to that point yet in, in this version. But yeah, I got some some fair way through it. But there's still like it's not as hard as I you know as we thought it was at the time. Obviously, because that's like we were young, <laughs> we were young and poopy. Yeah. But like, I guess in the PC version you can save whenever you want, which is one thing, and you can still do that in this version. It's just not as convenient. Because the PC version is just like a drop down there, you just go save. <laughs> well, here's the super. You could never save on the Mega Drive version. Well, yeah, obviously. I think you could get codes. Well, yeah, it generates yeah. a code. But well, the weird thing is, it makes a code at the start of the level, and then mm. every time you die, it restarts the level and it gives you a different code. And I'm like, yeah, is as if dying keeping, means something. Is it keeping a score somewhere? Because yeah. <laughs> there's no score or anything. No, dying has no consequence. <laughs> No. You, well, apart from you having to perhaps replay quite a bit of that level. Well, the but, whole level, because yeah. he just starts you from the start again. But that's the other weird thing that I like didn't really remember from the nostalgia of it, is like, the levels are actually like super uncomplicated in a lot of cases, where there's just like, there's a bunch of passengers and shit that just have no reason for you to ever go down the wall to exist at all. Because they're like, it's like, they're not part of the level. It's basically just a trap where it's like, if you go down here, you're just going to run into a bunch of enemies and then it'll just be a dead end and they just have to go out again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once you actually know where you have to go, you just, you just go there. I think it's to try and 
that they were trying at the time to make it seem like more natural, maybe. I guess, maybe. Like, for some of the larger areas, there are sort of quite a lot of divots and stuff where you think, oh, maybe this is what I need to be doing. Is no, this is unrelated. And also, I think the other difference in the, in this version that I've been playing is, mate, I don't know, but I. The PC version had like an IMI file or whatever where, you, where it has stored the options. Mm. And I'm not sure if we just never saw it or something, but there's like, there's options in there for like, for there was options in there for like extra enemies and the difficulty. Because oh, really? difficulty and extra enemies were like different. But presumably difficulty is how much, how fast your air goes down. Well, no, because that, can't be, that can't be a difficulty option because the amount of air you have is based on the layout of the levels because you have, to, it's a certain distance between air pockets. Yeah, so you couldn't really, I mean, maybe easy is just like gives you more, but it couldn't yeah. really give you less than a minimum no. amount. Well, you could take more damage from being hurt. Maybe, but it's like extra enemies. So I turned it on to like the hardest difficulty on this, on the 3DS emulated version. Mm. And it does seem like there's a lot more enemies, mm. I think. Although I also have a lot of problems where it's just like I get hit and then I just could sort of get, they sort of, stuck somehow it's just like oh i can't fucking move it it's just gonna keep hitting me for a while <laughs> which really sucks occasionally but yeah and then you know so okay. what triggered this memory i don't know it was on the store uh, you just sort of saw it i went oh no echo yeah that was a good game because i actually that's started... a really dumb story <laughs> it's it's super dumb but i actually started playing that not that long ago as part of that Mega Drive collection that Kip has got me on the Xbox a yeah. while back. So I, I sort of played through the start of it, at least, until I got the achievement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all you need to do. And then it was like, well, you know, this is okay, but it's... I, I was never totally into Echo. I think, like, I'm, I'm always sort of more into the idea of Echo, because it's a crazy idea for a game, in a way. Yeah. Like, a dolphin-based undersea adventure with aliens. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, that only happens right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just... I sort of was, I had a moment thinking to myself just then, it's like, well, what, what else is on par with that level of crazy? Oh, wait, Octodad. Um, <laughs> not really, though. <laughs> not even the same kind of game. Well, no, that's not what I mean, but it's, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I guess there were, like, times then that where, I don't know, but perhaps game ideas were more out there than perhaps they seem now. It's another modern, 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 modern military shooter. Spunk goggle wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As it's referred to. <laughs> and there's also the other, I don't know, why, I wonder whether it was like a Nintendo thing or a Sega thing that they put in like <laughs> Super Dolphin mode where you just don't take damage and your air never runs out. Oh, well, that's, that's presumably the nin- like a Nintendo thing. Yeah, it's like would that would that have been Nintendo saying to make the easy mode? No, that's probably Sega just getting on the bandwagon of what Nintendo trying been trying to do of late. Because doesn't that exist in like Yoshi's Island as well? Isn't there like like if you die too much, you get these like wings that basically means you can fucking fly. Well, you get those as a power up anyway. But it just gives it to you. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just how it done it in Mario recently. Oh. Mm. With the gold Kaniki suit or whatever. I think it was called in Zelda. They gave it a name, didn't they? Like, for being able to just play the game for the story, essentially. Like, something book mode or mm. guidebook mode, maybe. Well, they did that in Mass Effect as well, didn't they? The stupid oh, yeah, story yeah. mode story version. Mode. Yeah. 
Combat is trivial. <laughs> so yeah, I played that, but I've mostly played quite a lot more of of Bravely Default once I actually... Remember. You got past the hump. Well, I got past sort of a different hump in a weird way. It was like, because I said about... I said about that where I got to the point in the story where it's like you're confronting the main dude and it's done. Mm. And then there was that side vision that comes up at that point and that was the hump. Right. Where I was like, these enemies are way, way too powerful. And then I kind of had a, a revelation that I probably had already had like two or three times and just keep forgetting about Brave of the Fault. It's like, it's so much like Final Fantasy, you kind of don't r- realise that you should be playing it like Final Fantasy. Because it's like, I came to this castle and these enemies were just, just like too hard. And then I was like, oh, I can just cast Doom on them and then they just die. Because <laughs> it's like Doom actually works unlike every Final Fantasy game ever. <laughs> that is true. Like the the worst status effects like death or something like that just never work. Yeah. Unless someone casts it on you and of course it works every time. Well, naturally. But it's just like, so I... So I and also, I mean, before I got to the point of using Doom, I also realised that you could just use Poison as well, because it was sort of, I guess I finished levelling up Black Mage, and once you get the last, like, uh, support ability on Black Mage is, makes it so that magic that's normally single target is multi-target, like you can do with magic that's already multi-target. Mm. So you can already multi-target all the elemental attacks, like lightning or whatever. But then you get this support ability where it's like now you can multi-target all the all the status effect attacks like poison and sleep. Okay. So I was like, well, I can turn that on, and then but then that just gives you the really obvious combo because there's like black mage you have poison, so now you can upgrade it to poison all basically. Mm. And then there's another class that has a move which just does insane amounts of damage to anyone who's poisoned. <laughs> oh, I see. And that affects everyone on the field. So you just go poison all and bloat and explode you. <laughs> <laughs> So I did that for a while, and then I was like, oh, no, wait, actually, now that I've upgraded it so that I can do multi-target, single-target magics, I can just do Doom All! <laughs> and that hits everyone. And they just stand there for four turns. <laughs> yeah, defend for a while. Don't need to worry about how much health they have, just wait. So yeah, that was how I got through that. And the, the advantage of that was that once I did, once I worked that out and could kill these enemies that were higher level, they were also giving me a shit ton of experience compared to everything else I've been fighting up to that point. Do you think that's how you're supposed to be doing this? Maybe. Does it, does it feel like that's, that's the way to progress? I don't like, know, maybe. Or have you just come up with a cheap text? <laughs> Possibly. Surely somebody I, thought of that, though. Well, you'd think so. But then I eventually got to the boss of that ridiculous castle it was like seven goddamn floors it was easy it's like easily the longest dungeon mm. <laughs> of the game so far so i was just grind, dooming my way through all these shitty enemies <laughs> to get to the boss <laughs> dooming your way and then when i got to the boss he was a pain in the ass as well of course mainly because he just has you couldn't doom him no well no obviously because <laughs> he's a boss it doesn't work every time you poison him uh, i don't remember i don't remember if i tried at that point i think i'd moved on from poison i was only doomed <laughs> <laughs> But he has he has like he has a big burst attack that just hits everyone, which sucks because that does like quite a lot of damage. But then he also has a secondary attack where basically it does it does as much damage as you've already lost in health. So basically, if you're less than fifty percent health, we just kill you. You're dead, (laughs) So that fucking sucked. It's like you have to be super healing everyone constantly to make sure no one gets below half health, or you're Mm. just or you're just dead. And he always uses it if someone's less than half health. Right. Like, that's what triggers him to do it. Mm. So, yeah, that kind of sucked. Ground my way through that fight, eventually. 
took way too long, and I very nearly screwed it up several times. Where it's like basically when it's like if the healer goes down, it's like oh fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then one, I think there was one point where it was Finish like down. it was like only one person was still alive. But I think it, I think I, I only had one person still alive. But it was the one the one person on my team who has super high defense and who I was only using to do counters. Which raises her defense even more. Mm. So it was basically, I was just like, I'm just going to defend for three turns because you can actually, you've got so much defense, his actual attacks aren't going to kill you. And because your health points are still high enough, you're not going to get hit by the death attack. And that will give me enough brain points to just quickly res the healer and get an uber heal off for everyone. Mm. So there, got through that. That was lucky. <laughs> but then right at the end of that, after you go through this side, side mission story, kill that boss. The like story part of that side mission, because I said before about the actual story where you like you come up to the main boss guy and it's like you should maybe talk about why you shouldn't be doing the thing that you're going to do that's clearly going to be a trap and is going to fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah. But then in this side story, when you talk, when you get to this other boss, it's maybe even more explicit of like you're about to fuck everything up. <laughs> where it's like he's he's basically this like ancient immortal dude he's immortal for some sort of vaguely explained not really reason it's like i lived for two thousand years and he's like well about 1700 years ago in the past a a a woman who looks exactly like one of the people in your party just appeared out of a portal in the sky and was like muttering to muttering in her dying throes about how it was a trap and (laughs) and like i think Maybe this may be foreshadowing what's about to happen to us just a little bit. <laughs> so one of your parties is sort of killed and thrown back in time to say, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, but then like even more so than that, it was like not only did, did this party member from the past exp- say that it was a trap, it's like it, they said it was a trap and it was very obviously sort of pointing out that the... The, the goddamn fairy you've been following around the whole time is very obviously the trap well, and is, yeah. is the bad guy. Well, and it's I, like, I think we forget that. Well, yeah, I'd already figured that out for myself, but then, like, in this bit, it's almost explicitly saying it, and it's like, why is nobody questioning this? Why is nobody sort of turning to the fairy, just going, hmm? <laughs> why is nobody, like, putting one and one together, not even two and two? <laughs> it's that simple. One and one equals window. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was, like, and that was super obvious, but then I, so then I went, I went and did the thing that was inevitably going to fuck everything up, as you do, because it was just like, well, apparently no one's going to question this at all in any kind of way, and put, <laughs> put the really obvious facts together, and then so you go and like they committed at this point, yeah, like it. you light up the last crystal, and actually, surprisingly enough, I thought it was going to happen immediately, but it doesn't happen immediately when you light up the last crystal. There's like another one more step. Where it's like you have to fly into the giant pillar of light. Oh, of course. <laughs> Naturally. But then then just before that, the like that second in command guy that the main boss guy had sent off just you know, he'd revealed the secret to this dude and sent him to defend the last possible position or whatever, which I thought was going to be the last crystal, but it was actually the pillar of light, of course. Mm. You fight him and then you like defeat him and then his mask comes off and it's like, oh no, he's the guy in your team who doesn't ha- who has amnesia and can't remember where he came from. Wait, what? Because what then what happens is you fly to the pillar of light and it's like, oh, we're sort of back in time now and we've just started the whole game again. <laughs> Except not quite, because things are slightly different. 
Yeah. And it's like, so that I kind of already figured out that was going to happen as well, because you have like the journal which predicts the future, and it's like it's really obvious that it's this black black knight dude is the guy who wrote the journal. Except for some reason, your team didn't put that together either. We really should have said spoiler alert at some point. I guess maybe <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> maybe I should put that in the blurb for the cast if I can remember by the time I post it's it. It's not that new of a game, I guess. <laughs> But relatively. I'm only 90 hours into it. <laughs> so then, so, but then the thing is, so I've done this, I did the thing that I thought was going to fuck everything up, but all it really did was reset everything. Mm. It's like you've gone back in time, except you haven't, because you can remember what happened and things are different. And then you're like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> is that the impression that you're like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess you sort of are, because you're like, well, we haven't gone back in time exactly. We've just sort of arrived in a different version of this universe where everything is back the way it was. So I guess we're going to have to go and light all the crystals again. Because <laughs> apparently that's still the only plan we have. For any- even though what has just happened is like, we lit the crystals and we came through this portal. We ended up back where we started. But maybe we should do that again because that totally makes perfect sense. <laughs> Great. So where does this leave you? Having to do the, all the dungeons again? Sort of. It's like you just... Because the airship comes through the portal with you, mm. so you have that from the start, so you can just fly around, so you don't actually have to play the whole fucking game again. Mm. And you can just like mainline to each of the temples and light the crystals up, sure. and defeat the bosses on each of the crystals again. But then, like all of the subquest bosses, also you can go and defeat again for like basically for story and right. experience points, I suppose. It's a way of trying to piece together what's different. Yeah. Or- so you can be like, oh, we, we, it was only two of us that fought these guys before, and now it's all four of us, so that's different. But it's like, mm. this guy seems to react differently to us, or this guy seems more pissed off for some reason, or scared of us for some reason. Mm. But the other, the weird thing about it is that, that like, several of these secondary bosses seem to suggest that like you already have fought them before in this world. It's like, so you, so you, you already also time? exist? <laughs> So you haven't gone back in time, really? Yeah, but it's just like, how is that going to make any sense? Because it's like, if you imagine the timescale of it, like, your shitty team is just making, trying to get to the first temple, and you're just flying there. Mm. <laughs> it's like, well, how is that going to work? So yeah, I guess I'll go go through this all again. The kind of sucky thing for me is that... So you've sort of killed yourself, or one of your team members has maybe. Sort of killed yourself? <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell. It's kind of hard to tell where the, the amnesia team ever fits into this All right. in his looping storyline. Hey, at least at this point, it still has the potential to be better than Final Fantasy Thirteen too. Yep. <laughs> Story-wise. Yeah. So I guess I, like... My problem at the moment is, like, when you go to this new version of the world, for some reason shops just mysteriously gain some more items that you can buy I guess because they mm. need to, you need to have some more equipment I suppose to keep levelling up but I don't have any money and I'm not making any money because I'm not really fighting anything it's like it's weird because they're they're clearly higher level enemies because obviously they had to make them yeah, higher yeah, level for progression for progression but they don't give you shit all mm. so it's like I can't even buy this thing that costs 20,000 because I've spent all my money so I'm just going to have to... I think maybe what I'll do is just bypass everything, go back to that castle where I was doing everything and go and grind up there because those give you fuck tons of experience yeah. points and money. If, if the new version still gives you stuff. I'm pretty sure it does because okay. basically everything's exactly the same. All oh, right, so they were getting you the shit money that you were getting at the start <laughs> of the game. 
about the like progression inflation. Well, not really. It's like it's better money and experience, but not as good as those things that I just previously been fighting. <laughs> right, <laughs> not as good as the Doom creatures. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of weird, and like. I guess I kind of spoiled myself in some ways that, that <laughs> I'm pretty sure you do this you do this whole process like two or three more times, which is like, Jesus, really? Oh, this may be the the thing that reviewers were talking about. Yeah. I'd I'd heard yeah, they did say that there was some problem like with the pacing of the game like towards the end. I mean supposedly I sort of read that that I mean, it is different each time, but it's more like in the layout of, like, instead of just fighting the bosses the same way you fought them before, maybe there'll be those guys and one of the other bosses, so it's like three of them at once. Oh, right, yeah. So it actually does make it more difficult and different in some mm. way. But it's really just like you're playing the whole thing again. Yeah. It's like, it feels like a challenge mode rather than a yeah an actual progression of the game. But then I also, Pete, I also saw suggestions that, like, there's meant to be multiple endings. And I'm like, is there just a way to bypass this multiple, like, loop thing? Oh, I see. Could is you it, break out it? of the first loop or something? Mm. And get a different series but, but If you can, it's not obvious. Mm. <laughs> so I guess I'll keep playing it. Don't like the towers? <laughs> Grind forever? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that was work very well. Go find the other team. I haven't, I'm actually still missing one job, so I at least want to go through it as many times as it takes to get that last job, I suppose. Because mm. I may as well try and be completionist on the first run. There's fucking New Game Plus in this game as well. Mm. <laughs> Not even sure what that does. Start with the same team, super hard enemies. That's what you're doing anyway. Yeah. That's basically the story of the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Rogue Legacy. So yeah, I did that. And then I guess there were some Guild Wars. Do you ever play any more Rogue Legacy, Dan? Yeah, I did. Played did a bunch more it, of that. Did I didn't finish it, but I got I I got through different areas and stuff. Um. Oh, I remember what I did do this week. I didn't play, but I watched quite a bit of uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls Two. Sorry, that's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I saw quite a bit of that. It was kind of backseat gaming with O. Mm. Like, uh, maybe try and do it that way because we're getting killed over and over again. <laughs> I don't know. Swing your sword or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I saw quite a bit of that. So that was quite fun. It looks like fun, to be honest. Like, I could see myself getting into it. Although it doesn't like I look cannot. that good. But no, I don't, I I don't see... like the look and the claustrophobia of its style. It's... Well, it was kind of a nice outside area that I was that we were like. There are some big epic like landscapes in there and stuff. It's mm. not all like you're stuck in corridors or anything. In fact, but you don't see the sun very often. It's true. Praise the sun when you do. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I think that game would just wind me up no end. Like, well, I, don't, bit... I really don't think I'm the type for it. Well, if we ever get through the whole of Final Fantasy VII, maybe we'll play you that. Yeah, maybe series. that should be the next <laughs> I'll, I'll play it and you can watch. I think you it's, might yeah. like it, actually, Rob. Having watched yeah, I don't it. know. Yeah, I don't know, but I think maybe... I've, I've seen some stuff about, you know, Dark... I haven't really got watched any Dark Souls 2 stuff because I saw Demon Souls and the first Dark Souls and just didn't seem that enamoured with it in the same way that I've never been... Because it is kind of like Monster Hunter in some ways. Right. Mm. It's like, and that never really appealed <coughs> either, you know, how the mechanics of that work. It's interesting, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't appeal to me. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe wrong. You know, I, you know, stranger things have happened. You do bash your head against things until like, until you get through them, though. Like, And that is quite satisfying. Um, 
and that's what the whole game is really <laughs> just keep trying until you make it work um uh, but the it one the bit where we were fucked, can it? <laughs> the bit we were working on was clearly some kind of puzzle, but it was quite quite confusing how to make it actually work. Yeah, so there's, there was like it's quite there's quite a few supposed like puzzle bosses in the game as well, where there's like right. there's, you can you, if you if you're super strong, you can take it down by traditional means, but there's normally a quicker, much much faster way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, there's a way of doing it, and that's the yeah. thing of figuring out not only figuring out but also how do you pull it off or whatever. But mm. yeah, it seemed cool. And the combat is that it's really interesting combat because, like, just as Ho was saying, it's like you you never, no matter how, you know, much you play it or whatever, the, the, even the weakest enemies are still a threat and you still have to care about every single fight because mm. if you get hit, you take that quite a bit of damage, you know, even from... And, and a lot of the powerful enemies, they'll usually be one-hit kill against you, so... Mm. Um, so, uh, but it, uh, it's, it seems to be some depth to the to the combat, at least, of dodging and, and you know, and, and swinging. I'd imagine there is with the stuff. whole stamina system. Yeah, like... exactly. And you can get, obviously, uh, um, stunned or whatever. Uh, if, you know, because you can defend, but it seems like, mm. um, you know, you, you can defend against something too big, you get knocked, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't, I, it seems like it would be better to avoid getting hit rather than you know if you were more nimble would probably be better than and have managed to dodge stuff would be better than like defending with a shield but well, i don't know what they were trying to tell Vinny this week wasn't it that you may get yourself in trouble if you go down that line too much yeah exactly so interesting stuff and i guess it's coming out on pc so that might be yeah i wonder if they'll cook up the port again they said they weren't going to this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for them. By the way, guys, we're not going to shit this out. <laughs> at least it won't be games for Windows. That's so true. that's a plus that's point true. immediately. Because games for Windows is shut down. Did you, you, when you said you played Dirt 3, did you play that after the games for Windows sort of ceased? Like, have they done anything uh, to sort of it's... patch it? out of dirt three because i think they said well they not yet because not yet because it signed me in i believe oh really uh, i think so yeah i thought it all shut down by now but... well maybe not because that uh, that yeah it definitely okay, did. i've been think, thinking, thinking to myself yeah i've been thinking to myself like maybe i should just go back into that like try and get a little bit further through it get the wheel out again yeah when's there going to be another dirt game no, do you want... we, haven't, we haven't heard anything from Codemasters Racing for a while. Well, not that there is any other team at Codemasters anymore. It's all racing now. Yeah, well, they make loads of those F1 games, but there must yeah. be somebody doing some doing some dirt stuff. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't heard from them for a while. I guess Grid 2 is the last thing we heard from them about last year. So we played... We played the end of the Guild Wars. The end of the story. Guild Wars story. Yeah. Okay. Which was only yeah. really interesting for the ludicrous amount of loot you get. Yeah. So like the actual story of it was like, well, there's another dragon. I mean, obviously, because <laughs> that's the fucking story of the Guild Wars universe or mm. the Guild Wars Two universe, I guess. Dragons. But yeah, so we got through that, and that was okay. We well, when we say the story, the living world story, yeah, not the, the actual. Not the, we still haven't finished the actual story of no. Guild Wars Two. <laughs> Well, because we keep getting distracted by all this other shit. Yeah. 
the interesting stuff that's happening in the world. Like, why is Lion's Arch so fucked up right now? Because <laughs> it got seriously fucked up. It's, apparently it's not going to get unfucked for at least the next update. I'd imagine it would take a while. Oh, yeah, obviously. If, it's obviously. Gonna, if they're going to stay true to the world, then... But, like, uh, the interesting thing to me now is the next update is... They, they're calling it the April update, which I guess is still on schedule for the next two weeks, I guess. Soon-ish. I'm not sure whether they're going to make it a three-week gap. But the, the, this next update for April is just going to be basically, like, a bunch of patches. It's not going to be content, really. It's going to be, like, mod- special... It's basically going to be a lot of like improvements to UI and all that kind of stuff, just what they call quality of life, of course. Huh. And like some actual additions like new traits and that sort of stuff. Oh cool. Which actually sounds kind like nice. But then some of the changes they're making seem kind of weird to me as well. Or there's, well, one of the changes they're doing is you know how you pick your traits where it's like you add points and it unlocks the trait line. Yes. And you have like 70 points to put into however many trees you want. Mm. <laughs> one of the changes they're making is like, it's one of those things where it's just like, why wasn't it like this always? Why wasn't it always like this? Or why did you think this other way you were doing it was a good idea? Because when you unlock the traits on the trait lines, you unlock a trait every five skill points you put in. Yep. And each skill point gives you a bonus to a stat, but there's no reason you wouldn't do it in groups of five. So yeah. now they're just getting rid, of, getting rid of that and making it one stat point per trade for each of the stages. So right. one one point is now equivalent so the, so to five. So there's five times less yeah. trade points. So it's like, well, why because, did you because, think that was a good idea in the first place, really? I get, yeah, I can sort of see the logic there. I guess because... Like if you had one trait point, then you get an, add it immediately. You get an immediate slight benefit yeah. from it, yeah. As opposed to having to bank five. But it's not like the progression in Guild Wars actually takes that long. That's no. the that's the real. It's like getting to eighty isn't actually that it's difficult. Not, no, it's not as long as other MMOs. It's not by a long shot. Yeah. So that was kind of weird, especially but, with like some of the shortcuts that now exist. Yeah. But the other thing, the other thing that caught my eye in the update is. <laughs> the one of the one of the new uh, I guess that's a new trait for the engineer, which is the class that I play mainly in your class. My class, yeah. One of the traits, it's not as cool as it looked from the picture, but it's basically a challenge dome. <laughs> awesome! It's like when you place a sentry, you get a bubble shield. <laughs> challenge dome. <laughs> but it's not actually that useful. Apparently, it's just like it only lasts four seconds and it reflects projectiles. Okay. But only when you place the turret. So it's like, eh. depends what trait line that goes into, I guess, as to whether that's actually worth worthwhile. Mm. But it just looks exactly like a bubble shield. What, with the hex and everything? Well, yeah, sort of hex. It's got a, like a pattern to it. Mm. I'm just like, challenge dome. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing if that's what you shouted when you put it down. <laughs> challenge dome. And then someone else shouts, challenge accepted. <laughs> but it only lasts four seconds, so it's not actually long enough to do the challenge dome thing no. of running into it. <laughs> Damn it. That was so good in Halo. I think we was wondering, right, if this Halo 2 anniversary edition rumour was true, yeah. like, to what extent would they try and bring back Halo 2's multiplayer? Because we all know that to be, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> Indeed. Would this revive enough players to 
you never let know. Me play, let me play some Halo Two multiplayer again. That'd be pretty Obviously, good. I don't think it would. They'll just put they'll just put levels into the Halo Three engine like they did with Halo One, basically. Mm. Well, it depends what the anniversary edition's coming out on. Like, I'm excited to think. What if it came out on Xbox? Well, it probably will. Yeah, but it's not going to be a different engine. They'll probably just lazily port up the old engine because it can just run. Probably use the at least the Halo Four engine, but yeah, and then they'd be saving whatever they're working on for five. But. Yeah. Even so, it could mean for some pretty Halo 2-isms. But we all know Halo 2 is the annoying one. Halo 2 is great for multiplayer. Yeah, no, I meant the campaign. Oh, yeah, the campaign's the campaign, not yeah. so hot. Yeah. Although it might be nice to actually be able to see what the fuck's going on in some of these cases. Like, what is the grey find actually meant to look like? <laughs> Rather than just this horrible mess. <laughs> well, you, 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 you sort of see him in Halo 3, in fairness. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Although he's in the dark a lot in that one. In Halo 2, you only really see his tentacles, don't you? No, because he grabs you underwater oh, no, he and he talks to you right yeah. to the face. <laughs> right to the face. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, I still haven't added it. We still haven't gone back and played the first anniversary edition. Oh, I've had that set on my shelf for a while. I do want to see what they've done to it. Like, you know, how good the Reach engine... But as we up. kept saying, every time we bring this up, we played Halo 1 too, too soon before that happened. Yeah. We, did, if, we didn't if, know it was coming. It's like, if it? there's any Halo game that we're due to replay, it is Halo 2. Technically, yes, yeah. But, so Halo but 2 is next on our list, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. It's, we'll just it's wait more, for the anniversary edition of that. It's more bearable and co-op. Halo 2. Well, naturally. It's like it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't no. as good. It wasn't as... Impressive. They did. I, they did some interesting things thematically in Halo Two. Like I, li- I've always liked the fact that the the sort of breakdown of some of the co- covenant politics, like how yeah. the elites were thrown out and stuff, is kind of not explicit, is it? It's subtly done. Like, yeah. I've always loved that about that game, but it's well, shit. I remember something else that I need to talk about, which is a shame because it's the end of the podcast. So yeah. well, I'll just cram it in for as long as it takes. Yeah, craft yes. it out. Man. Okay, craft <laughs> it out. The offline <laughs> patch for SimCity. Yeah, oh yeah, holy oh, crap! Yeah. It finally arrived. Oh my god! Woo. Yeah, this is. Did you see the uh, launch trailer for it that they put out? The silly little, well, not really a trailer, but the little video. That yeah, the, like the descriptive video. Like, oh my god! It's like the. The it word... doesn't tell you anything no, to start. But, but it's just the way that they sort of make it sound like it's the best thing ever. And it's like, yes, we all knew it was the best <laughs> thing ever. Why did you go down this stupid route of like, it's like, I can save my game <laughs> and then blow up my city and come back to it. Yep. It's like, actually, wow. load a save. Holy shit, this Amazing. is like 1990s technology. <laughs> but yeah, it's, that was... T- that. The trouble was, I want... I, read the blog post about it and then I was like does that mean I, I was like what does that mean for trading resources between cities or whatever they, and, they and, have supposedly thought of that well they they say they've supposedly thought of that but nowhere in any of the blog posts or forum posts or any information or that video does it actually tell you anything about that yeah <laughs> it's like there's no actual information about how it works so I was like well I guess I'll just have to go play it and the answer is they haven't actually changed anything at all really but does it work it doesn't look any different to me because it worked fine when I was playing it online. Right, fair enough. Supposedly, some people have been saying that it does actually run better, maybe, mm. for some reason. 
like the actual game runs better. Weird. And I'm not sure how it manages, like, you know, how it updates the things that happen in the region, like mm. whether that happens faster or something. I haven't really got to the point, again, this is the problem, because I'm having, to, this time I'm actually having to start over, because you can't just reload an old setup. No, it's, it's a completely segregated mode. Yeah. You, know, you have to switch to it by tab. Yeah. On the so, I, so I haven't really got to the point where I'm actually trading resources, but it doesn't look like anything's different, which kind of sucks. Because the main problem with like when you're playing by yourself is like, say you say you have a mining city and you're making metal, and then you want to send that metal to another city to turn it into whatever the fuck you turn metal into, mm. <laughs> processors or something. <laughs> I don't remember. So, but then it's like, so how do you have to do that? You have to build a trade depot in the first city, which takes the metal, and then yeah. you have to gift it to the other city in a bulk. And then they have to have empty trade depots with space to accept the gift when you switch to that city. It's just like, that is the least effective system for trading shit between cities. And also the amount of trade you depots... You can't set up like an automated no, process. you can't have it like trickle through automatically. Mm. And also the amount of trade depots space you'd need to do that in any reasonable amount would take up like fucking half your city with trade depots. And you have to switch to the other city in order to simulate the process of... Yeah, I'm not sure how the actual transfer, how it stores the like transfer state, like when you, because presumably when when you in the first city when you tell it to send the gift, supposedly like trucks come in and pick the stuff out and then it takes it out of your city, and then presumably then it's just like stored in a in a in like a suspended state in the regions data and mm. then when you load the other city it will receive the gift but then like what if the other city doesn't have space or something yeah <laughs> today i've never actually done that even in multiplayer mainly because i mainly because i knew that that was just going to be a big hassle so i always try and build cities that built the whole thing in one city <laughs> and then send it to what you know the mega project i was building or whatever right yeah it's probably what they intended in fairness yeah but you can't really make a city that does all, like particularly for for like the tvs which is like one of the things you need to make for the archaeology that's like a free set process because you're like you've got to mine coal and ore so you can combine that into alloy and then you've got to take the alloy and t put that in the processor factory to turn it into processors and then take the processors and turn those into tvs and it's just like there's no way you're gonna be able to do that reasonably in one city mm. Cause it, mainly because, I mean, you can fit all those buildings in there, but then you won't have enough population for the jobs that that will create. So part of the social design, man. Yep. Except they, even in the multiplayer version, you still have to do it by that shitty gifting system. Why can it not just be automatic? Yeah. Because the cities don't run simultaneously is the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be the solution, wasn't it? To, like, if, it's, if you're not in a city, that it sort of outputs and can sort of process to the region at the same rate as what it well, whatever they, it was at the pro at the time you left it. I mean, they could try and do it that way, but that would be exploitable is the problem because it's just saved saved a state of that city. It's mm. like at the moment the way like trading water and power works. It's like it saves how much excess power that city had, and then you can just use all of that. And but it doesn't, you know, there's no accounting for what what happens when you go back to that city because you can basically just turn off that deal, go back to that city, and then you still have all that power, effectively. Mm. Or whatever. So there's, I think the way they should, could have done it for like the resources is make it so that if you have a trade depot that has a store of resources, like when you leave that city, you can just pull from that from the other city 
as much as you want. Just like you can say, I need like 500 of this, and then it just drags it out. And then when you go back to that city, it updates. So what you're trying to say is, is they don't, they shouldn't have separate cities. Well, they should just be five areas combined to make one big one. That would be the much easier solution, just have one big city. <laughs> so yeah, offline mode hasn't really changed anything. No, I was, doing, I was doing my wait, classic. So, wait, and it's one year after launch. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Yep. I was uh, running my classic test of like seeing whether the high school students' situation is yeah, fixed. And how are they doing with the, the high school students? <laughs> it looks okay so far. <laughs> We're not losing kids anymore. <laughs> Although I did very specifically like, I very specifically made my second city not have any schools in it, which I think helps. It's like if there's no competition if the students aren't trying to go to another school that's in your city and also travelling to the other city. I reckon they burn the children to power the uh, the server techs. It's like what they're doing is in this weird world of SimCity, like they have to burn children in order to power socialness. <laughs> it's offline though. <laughs> that's why it works. <laughs> it won't work like that. So yeah. That's still SimCity. Yeah, SimCity is still SimCity, which is sad. Name. Bigger cities, god damn it. And I don't know. Maybe it'll get modded in. That's the classic thing. Do you think? Now that they've made offline mode, it's like, now the mods. The mods will come. Although I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. Have they already lost the... You never know. know. There must be a couple of people out there that are willing to try something. Maybe. But it's been taught, taught in fact, one of, in, in like the blog post about the the coming mods, they highlighted a mod that already exists that was basically just a UI thing because the UI is just gra- JavaScript, so you can actually yeah. edit that relatively easily. And like, it just put on the on the UI query for like a house. It just showed you how many like it's like how many workers and students were in that house. It's like so the tiniest, the tiniest mod to like add something that's already there. No, it's like it wasn't there. Hmm. Like that should be information oh, right. that you can see. But you can surely <laughs> surface it really easily if it's just all available and it's yeah. just JavaScript. It's just because, like, I guess the way you can see that information is if you just use the population overlay. But that's not what hmm. the query window is much more useful. Only not really. Because that popula- <laughs> the whole way the population system works is just dumb for a start. So those numbers don't actually help you. It's like, oh, there's no workers in this house at the moment because they're probably at a job or maybe they've just disappeared <laughs> somehow. Oh, I see. It doesn't show you residency. <laughs> no, because obviously there's no residency. No. The, the guys will go to any house. Oh, it's so depressing. When I hear things like that, I'm just like, come on. <laughs> So, this is a really fucked up society, isn't it? Because it's like any day you could go, you could go home to any house, sleep with any wife, <laughs> well, the trick- help help with the homework of any child. <laughs> but, the, but the trick to it is that, like, the house you go to is always the first one you get to that's got free space. So, if you wanted to try to get to like a really nice house, you'd have to time your exit from work to yeah. be, be like, no, I'm going to be the 30th person to drive down this road, yeah. and then I'll get into that nice house. It takes a special kind of discipline to do that, isn't it? So, everyone doesn't just park up outside the hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it out. 
Simpsons. That's the end of that. Man. That's the end that's of That's the end of that. That's the end of the yeah. cast for this week. Uh, get some foods. Indeed. Are you so going to get peached? Yep. All right. Fair enough. I'm still not actually hungry. What? <laughs> I know. It's 10 to 10, I'm, dude. It's 10 to 10. I actually like should be leaving right now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I need to get food in first. Get food in. <laughs> okay. I'll leave you guys to do that. So um, thanks for joining us, listeners. Uh, catch you for the next Salacost. Uh Have a good one. We should have said, you know, this is season five and shit. Either. Yeah, well, check out the uh, awesome uh, that I haven't even heard yet outtakes of season four. Three. Or, uh, season oh, three. three. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Season three outtakes. And and we'll also have a new... Um, do we have a new uh, uh, jingle? Um, maybe. Maybe. We have a maybe <laughs> okay. new jingle. I, I need to put Woo. the finishing touches on it. But you may know. have already heard it again. Yeah. We did this Indeed. last year. <laughs> So you probably know more than I whether it's season five because you heard it at the start of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, theme tune change. And maybe we'll have a little stig at the end as well. So bye. (laughs) Now you'll hear the sting. Now you'll hear the little sting. (laughs) It doesn't exist yet. (laughs) Eat your girl. Yeah, it's not going to be like that. We know you're not going to. You're probably probably not going to have like vocoded soundcast for a year. The end.